Hello there, and welcome back to Multiverse Monologues, the podcast show where we like to travel across the multiverses and fandoms that we love and talk about the movies and shows that accompany those universes. Today, we will be traveling once again to a galaxy far, far away to talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi, not just any episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's right, we're talking about the finale, guys. Part 6 to this limited series, which may not be a limited series, with rumors, heavy rumors, of a season two on the way. We're gonna get into that and everything else that happened in this extraordinary episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Full spoilers ahead, and I am not here to talk about this episode alone. With me are my co-hosts and a very special guest on this Kenobi episode. First off, joining us as always is Mr. Ethan Wenslop. Ethan, how are you doing today? Doing fantastic. You know, episode four a couple weeks ago wasn't the greatest. Fellow got a lightsaber stabbed right in our gut. But you know, episode five and episode six, regardless of that lightsaber in our gut, we are walking around fine on Tatooine with our Sith robes on. And I'm pumped to talk about episode six of Kenobi. As am I, as am I, Mr. Wenslop. Joining us as well, as usual, is Mr. Micah Hett. Micah, how are you doing today? I, I'm doing pretty good. This episode was, wow, it, it, it appeared to us like a, like a force ghost when we needed it most. Oh, very Dude. nice. <laughs> Without getting into it, at the beginning of the show... I know exactly what you're talking about, though, and we're definitely going to get into oh, that. Um, oh, <laughs> I don't know. We'll talk about it. But uh, also joining us is special guest. You heard him on the Moon Knight after shows for, I believe, episodes three through six. Returning to Multiverse Monologues is Mr. Parker Duncan. Parker, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. That was a great episode. <laughs> I like it short and sweet. It's right to the point. Uh, we're going to get into it, boys, but before we do... Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Multiverse Monologues. We would greatly appreciate it. Reviews on Spotify and Apple Podcasts would be greatly appreciated. Let's get all that crap out of the way. Let's just dive right into the episode. Let's hit the hyperdrive and head over to the Star Wars universe. I can him in my mind's eye the fight is done we lost Kenobi Kenobi stay hidden all right guys Obi-Wan Kenobi part six this is basically what they've been waiting for this is what we've been promised. Two years ago, or a year and a half or so ago, we were promised the duel of the century by Kathleen Kennedy. Did this deliver? Was this the duel of the century? Was this an epic episode? Did it fall short in some areas? We're gonna talk about it. I'd like to hear Mr. Wensloff's opinion first, above all else. Ethan, what did you think? of Obi-Wan Kenobi, part six. So yeah, duel of the century might might be a little off for this statement. We've had a lot of good duels this year. Uh, I think she actually called the greatest rematch of the century. Is that correct? So rematch, maybe. I don't know what other rematches we've had, but yeah, this episode, I mean, it wrapped the show up in a, in a way I really enjoy. 
I mean, just like the whole show, it's been all right with amazing moments sprinkled into it. And I think this episode is by far the best episode, has tons of great moments. I smiled cheek to cheek at least four times during this episode. I gotta say, I'm a big fan of this episode. Not really a big fan of the entire series, we'll get into it. I still think this should have been a movie. I think this would have been great cinematically. And the story really didn't fit for this show format. But I'm ready to have my mind changed. And I'm excited to talk about this episode with you guys. So I think you would say that you're overly positive? Not. I On this episode, I am very positive. On the whole series, I'm mostly mid-range I, I, I'm ready to be convinced that this is a good show or that this is a bad episode even. I, I can be convinced of both right now. All right. And I'd like, to, I'd like to take an approach to this episode and talk about mainly, to start off here, this episode specifically. How do we feel about this? And then as the podcast goes on, I want to talk about the series as a whole. But basically what I'm trying to figure out is this episode, does it deliver? Because honestly, I'm not going to lie. Those first four really meander their way to getting what we all really wanted to see in episodes four and five. So I want to hear what you guys thought of this episode, and then we'll get into how the show as a whole really performed for us, because I've definitely got my thoughts on that. But Micah, how did part six feel to you? Well, I think it's definitely one of our best finales that we've gotten out of Disney Plus shows. Um, like compared to just the last one we saw with Moon Knight, I think it's a bit better than Moon Knight season or episode six, uh, just because there's that, just because of the Darth Vader Obi Wan fight. Was it the greatest fight I've ever seen on screen? No, I don't think so. I, I still think that it's not as good as the Revenge of the Sith fight. But what can beat that? I don't think anything can. So, um, it, that A New Hope fight scene? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> maybe if you watch scene 38 on YouTube redone, maybe that rivals it. I'm not going to lie. That one's pretty epic. Uh, I'm thinking of maybe some... Uh, I, I'm thinking it's around the same level as one of the Avengers fights we may have gotten recently. So, maybe like the Battle on Titan. Something around that level. I don't know. That you Battle know? on Titan is top tier. In it is opinion. top tier. So I have to disagree with you there, but... We're not uh, talking about... Yeah, I, I know Ethan's a big yeah, just, fan just of that to kinda, battle. Just to yeah. kind of gauge yeah. where it is. I think it's it's one of the better battles we've seen in a long time. So one of the things that I really like to do when the episode ends is to see what the online chatter is. And I know that's not the greatest thing in the world to do, especially with Star Wars. But I have seen, and I, I like to sit with my thoughts before I do, but I have seen people saying that this is the best duel in all of Star Wars. Mm. Better than episode three, people have made that claim. Like, it's out there. You know, like, it's one thing for it to just not happen at all. But people are saying, even though I think they're wrong, people are claiming that this might be one of the best. And that's a statement, I think, to how big, how emotional this duel is. Parker, what did you think of episode six? All right, so as a sword part of myself, I have really appreciated the choreography in that last fight. Was it as good as uh, uh, Revenge of the Sith? No. Story-wise, I think it was a, almost on par with the Vader and Luke fight in Empire. Mm-hmm. Almost. Okay. Not quite. Okay. Mm. I have really liked the way this finale wrapped up everything. It connected Star Wars Episode Three and Star Wars Episode Four 
better than they already were, mm. especially after like the week before uh, episode one and two release, I rewatched episodes one through seven, and then like I finished up watching Rebels like a few days before episode three released. Having that all together, like I was able to see some of the misalignments between uh, Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope, and seeing that like kind of being streamlined in this, like especially with this episode tying the whole series together. Mm. And then also Rebels, like the Maul and Obi-Wan fight, I definitely see where that fits in as well. Yeah, and I think, so a lot of people criticized Revenge of the Sith when it came out for being very, like, it messes a lot with canon. And I think that was our reservations going into this. How is this going to, like, deal with everything that has to, like, you are dealing with two of arguably the most famous characters in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So you're, you may have some canon controversies and we did at the start but I think at the end here and I if you guys can disagree with me and if I'm saying something wrong please correct me but at the end of this episode I'm pretty sure most of it was wrapped up most of it I should say I I don't really know if there's anything that really contradicts anything I think that at the end Obi-Wan kind of clears things up with Leia says don't really tell anyone or it gets us both in trouble which is I think why she refers to him as years ago you served my father during the Clone Wars and doesn't reference these events there's that, and I, I don't, I don't know, but I wasn't, I found myself not really worrying about canon because, mm-hmm. in my opinion, this is definitely the best episode. Is it a perfect episode? Absolutely not. There are things that really angered me, but overall, it, I, I felt so conflicted when this episode ended because half of this episode, I would say a little more than half of this episode, I absolutely fell in love with. And then there's maybe 40% of this that I was like, why? Why would you make this decision? And so I kind of thought about it for a while. And I I think a lot of it, for me, reminds me of Return of the Jedi. A large portion of that and where my emotions are tied up is Luke and Vader fighting. I love everything to do with that. Just like I like everything to do with Obi-Wan and Vader fighting in this episode. But while Luke and Vader are fighting in Return of the Jedi... It cuts to an Ewok battle when Ewoks are fighting stormtroopers on Endor. And it takes me out of that epic finale fight between Vader and Luke. And just like that, cutting to Reva on Tatooine takes me out of the epic emotional fight that happens on wherever they are in Kenobi's episode 6. So I love everything to do with that battle, but when it cuts back to Reva on Tatooine fighting Owen and Beru, there is no stakes in that fight. You know everyone in that fight survives. I know Vader and Kenobi survive, but I want to see them interact and deal with all of the baggage that they have. I know that Owen and Beru survive, and I know that Luke survives. So Reva coming there and attacking them holds no weight in my opinion. And cutting that at the same time kind of hurt that for me. So I went online and just watched like a nine and a half minute recap, like scene of just the whole battle yes. cut together. And just watching that battle is absolutely amazing. I would I would go check that out. I, I tried to upload a video. It kept getting took, taken down with the prequel themes, which is actually pretty epic. I want to show you guys after this is done because it's, oh, I'll send it to you guys. But it's actually really dope. Um, but that fight, though over anything else is absolutely epic. 
Kenobi lifting the rocks behind him like a rock bend, like an earth bender from. Strange, yeah, like I was gonna say dude. the whole battle reminded me of the final battle between Aang and the Fire Lord. Yes, yeah. me too. That was straight what I was thinking of, especially like the big rock yes. towers and dude, yeah. it, it was so good. And the the emotion when Kenobi cuts off Vader's mask, and I want to say that, unfortunately for me, after this episode ended, I watched it twice. After those ended, I went and watched the Rebels season mm. two finale. With, with Ahsoka, Ahsoka. Yeah. she one thing I noted was that she cut off the left side of his mask and Obi-Wan cut off the right side of his mask, which is really cool, parallels right there, and it took Luke to remove the helmet yes. to uh, fully get him to turn back to the light side. And it, uh, that, that to me is epic. But I'm not going to lie, guys, I think Rebels may have done it better. Ahsoka. Anakin. I won't leave you. Not this time. Then you will die. Like, I know this has Yuan and Vader in live action, but I think a lot of it has to do with the setting and the music, which makes Rebels better. This one, they fight in a rock outcrop in, like, the mountains, I think, or something like that. And in Rebels, they fight in a Sith temple on Malachor. Way cooler. Music in Rebels, also way, way better. Kevin Kiner goes hard in those last two episodes. Natalie Holt, I can now comfortably say that she has done a horrible job with Obi-Wan Kenobi, and only until the last 15 minutes do we really start to hear those themes <laughs> yeah. come back. And it makes me wonder, like, okay, so now you have the license to that music. You don't have to pay John Williams because you're already using his themes. Where were they all the rest of the show? So, I would say overall, this episode has me really positive, but there's so much that I don't like in this one as well. Mm -hmm. So, like, I just want to open it up to everyone, now that we've all got our thoughts out, and just kind of talk about, because I think we're all overly positive. I want to start with the negatives and kind of what rubbed us the wrong. I, I've kind of already said some of the things that I think. Reva music was a little disappointing for me, but I want to hear what you guys thought was a little lackluster in this episode. Micah. What does this mean for canon? We see Qui-Gon come back as a Force ghost. When in Rebels, he was not able to on any other planet except for where they were. Does in that Clone mean, Wars. Clone Wars. Yeah. I mean Clone Wars. Clone yeah. Wars. Sorry. Mm -hmm. I always confuse the mm -hmm. two with that scene. But yeah. Uh, does Tatooine have some sort of Force... I don't know. Yeah. Yes, or it was Obi Wan just strong enough in the Force to have finally seen Qui Gon? Did like he Qui -Gon grow Qui -Gon in that enough. small amount of time with the Force that he's allowed to see Qui Gon, or has Qui Gon developed in the Force Ghost area? But I don't know. What, what does this mean for us? That was one of my big gripes with the Rise of Skywalker. Is you hear, I believe, Mace Windu's voice in there, and like that is canon breaking because Mace Windu should not have his voice appear there. Um, I don't know if that's really canon breaking. As Not far as majorly, it's just it, as far as it's just the voices. To be fair, yeah. we don't know when Mace actually dies. We just see him fall out a window. Exactly. All right. All right. He all could right. have years of Jedi training after that moment. <laughs> yes. But I think that hearing the voices is not as bad. I mean, if you saw them all manifest themselves, yeah. then that would be another thing. But I have made the statement on this podcast as well that Qui-Gon cannot physically appear. Mhm. Mm or else that would break canon because he never completed the training. Yeah. So 
I looked into it after this because while seeing him was awesome at the end of this episode, it really, really was. Agreed. I was sitting there like scratching my head like, wait, can this happen? So I looked it up. Apparently there's a novel that just came out um, called Brotherhood between Anakin and Obi-Wan and it kind of talks about how Qui-Gon can manifest himself with time and more training. So apparently he gets more training and learns how to do that after death. Okay. So can, canonically it makes sense as of um, last month, but um, I don't know if I see it. Because this book series yeah, out before that's, Kenobi. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Very suspicious. But I, I don't know if it's... Last month, wouldn't that be during the airing of Kenobi? Like, was this alongside? This came out two weeks before Kenobi did, oh, I believe wow. this book did. But I, I mean, we can all sit here and agree that hearing his voice would not have has have been as satisfactory as physically seeing yeah. Liam Neeson there in the Jedi robes. Yes, that and at the on my third time watching it, I sat there and I was just like, you know, that's freaking Liam Neeson. <laughs> that's Qui-Gon Jinn staring at me, talking so about how insane. he can finally talk to Obi-Wan. Like, that. that's just beautiful. Well... Took you long enough. Beginning to think you'd never come. I was always here, Obi-Wan. You just were not ready to see. Same thing with the Emperor cameo at the end. He totally baited us. And I believed every word he said. We can't believe anybody now. Uh, we really Andrew can't. Andrew Garfield, we can't believe him, we can't believe... Any of the Star Wars guys anymore. We can't believe Wesley no. Snipes. He just said that this weekend. <laughs> yeah, right? It's strange. We just completed our Blade trilogy, and now he's talking about non-cameos, that he's not going to appear. Yeah, check out our Blade podcast. We got the whole uh, whole trilogy under our belts now. Yeah, so. you guys got like a six-hour marathon if you want to listen to that. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> but anyway, back to our gripes. Before we talk about what we love... What do you guys not really like about this episode? Ethan, is there something that really rubs you the wrong way? So, my main problems are with the whole series, not really this episode. Okay. I think this episode builds off the problems of the series. Like you were saying, you said 60% of the show was good and 40% was bad. I, I would flip-flop that. I'd say 40% of the show... I, I'm was, talking about this episode. This episode, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd say the whole show. I'd say you that what? it really, that really struggles with balancing tones and focusing on a main character. We get Vader here, Reva there, and Kenobi there. And I think we can all agree that all the time we spent with Reva really didn't pay off in any way at all. So she's just roaming the desert of Tatooine now after trying to kill Luke. And my she gets stabbed at the end of last yep. episode. And in that time from... Last episode of this episode, Reva is somehow on Tatooine while Vader's Star Destroyer is still following the ship with Kenobi. Like, there's... So in Breaking... Or not Breaking Bad. In Better Call Saul Season 6, there's a character, the villain Lalo. He randomly just appears in Germany in some episode. And you're like, all right, how'd he get there? We haven't seen him in a few episodes, but he's there. But he's wanted. But we don't question that, really, because the writing in Better Call Saul has been so exceptional that I don't really care. It's like, all right, they don't have to explain that. But this, the writing has not been exceptional. They really do have to explain that. How is Reva not dead? Mm-hmm. She's been stabbed twice now, apparently, in canon, by Vader twice, and she just is fine. The lightsaber through her spine, she can just walk around. 
That annoys me. With and no also, back to tank either. With no back to tank. It looked more like it was more like in the gut. It don't matter where but, it was. Yeah. She got stabbed. Exactly. <laughs> right through the stomach area. And she was limping pretty bad in some parts, but then other parts she was still is her like Luke. And also, what, what is... order lightsabers. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> what is her plan when she goes to Tatooine? What does she think Luke is? Is this a revenge plot to get at... Kenobi? Because she she's revenge against Anakin. Well, how does she know Anakin? How does she know Luke is Anakin's son? She doesn't know she that. Doesn't. Yeah, she doesn't. There's no not. way she could know that. So she wants to kill this boy to make Kenobi upset. A bit, basically. Is that the reason? I don't know what. It just. So a lot of the show, they jump around. They, when you promise a Kenobi story, is the same thing with Boba Fett. You're like, all right, you're going to bring these legacy characters back got to do something with them. To be fair, if we're comparing Kenobi to Boba Fett, this hits it out of the park. This is fantastic compared to what they did with Boba Fett. But still, I I wanted to sit with Kenobi's emotions through this whole show. Mm -hmm. And we do get that in the last episode. But I feel like a lot of the character beats are skipped. And I mean, as much as we didn't want a training montage, and I, I like how throughout the episodes we see him slowly get his Jedi robes back and learn his skills through that, I think it's it's a little cheap in that way, and I mean, come on, it it's just a lot of this was wasted. This should have been a movie. I'll go back to that. It would have worked much better as a movie. I think the difference between this show and Book of Boba Fett, though, is that with Book of Boba Fett, all of the characters were just kind of okay written, but in this one, a lot of the characters are pretty good. Would you guys say that Obi Wan was written pretty good? Vader and Obi Wan, I'd say. And, and Tala. And Tala and Leia even was written pretty good, I'd say. She had some good lines. I mean, as much as a kid character can have. But with half of with Leia and Reva being half the main cast and Leia being kind of mm -hmm. iffy, people are, you know. And even really, Ben is like. If you're bringing up iffy, Reva is totally thrown in there, too. Yeah, yeah. Reva and, and Leia being half the cast, it's like ha half the cast is written well. Is that something. I don't know. It's it's just right. something we shouldn't I just really do. Girl Leia was almost exactly the same as a New Hope Leia. Yeah, mm. I like Leia. There's no growth between the ten years it takes them from her to go from here to there. Like she should be more of a child. Is that what you're saying? Well, n not like that. But okay, like, he's saying um, he likes how the character is so similar. She's very. Yeah. You can see that she's very headstrong. She wants to do everything. She's oh, very okay. like go get him. Not like a maturity standpoint but like a character traits I should say and it's not in a cringe like Disney kids show kind of way I think they they executed that very well with Leia you know what I mean in certain points I would say actually that it does kind of feel not like every it. line though not every have you, have you guys I ever seen say, those the, the say, kid movies that are they're made like their whole theme is yeah. this kid being like the adults or being better than the adults it's not as good as what they did with Leia here I would say that 70% of her dialogue is pretty good. And then other times it just feels like an adult is writing a kid's So, yes, yeah, Iffy you know? with Reva, I think... So, half the cast wasn't written well. Half the cast was... I think Obi-Wan, Darth Vader, Tala, would you guys say they were all written pretty well? We had some mm -hmm. great character development. We had some great... Um, oh, and then the, the resistance leader guy. Roken? Roken, yeah. I think that they were all written pretty well. For the most part. I think, Ethan, you have been saying that this should have been a movie this whole mm -hmm. time. 
And we've been kind of saying that. It's no clear, like, it's no more clear to me than in this episode that this should have been a a film. Reva was a character they invented because this got greenlit for a series, I think. Mm -hmm. Originally, I feel like this was just Obi-Wan and Vader's story in two hours. And you can see that story in this episode. Like, there's probably two hours of Kenobi Vader mm-hmm. content that you could make into a really good movie. I'd like to see someone actually yeah. edit that. And I was listening to a podcast today of a guy who's saying this weekend his uh, little pet project is he's going to edit all the Kenobi episodes into a movie. So we'll we'll I'll keep you guys updated on Whoa. that episode four, I guess. Mm-hmm. Now, see, I would watch that. I would watch a yeah. movie. Now, imagine this. Imagine a different universe. On multiverse monologues that we're talking about. A universe where Kenobi is a film. You get all these main trailers, and it's Vader versus Kenobi. There's no false marketing, there's no hidden Leia plot, there's no Reva. It's just an emotional story, two hours, Logan style, of Obi Wan being a battered and broken hero and regaining that and fighting Vader at the end. Like, now that, that's what I want to see. And you can tell that these Disney series, they're just stretching it out, man. They're they just are. stretching it out. That's just what Disney does now. It's not good. It's not good. That's my main complaint with Marvel now is yeah. there's consistently mediocre stuff that they're just yes. turning out. Mm-hmm. Yes. Miss Marvel, I'm watching this right now. Like, yeah, there's good stuff, but can't this just be a movie? Can't no, Miss Marvel just I be say one Ms. two-hour movie? Miss Marvel is really one of the first Disney Plus shows for Marvel that feels like it's justified being weekly. Mm. They're doing a television. good job filling it in. Yeah. But I, I guess I guess I'm just getting burned out with the Marvel shows more because there's been so many. There is a lot. That could have been movies and now this one where it does have good dialogue to fill in the the 50 minute runtime every week. That I don't know. It's when they're limited to one season. It just feels like they're stretching on a movie. Like when you have something like Clone Wars or Rebels, like is there is definitely like multiple seasons yeah. worth of important stuff in there. Yep. But when you just have this one six episode season of Kenobi, it very easily could have been just a movie. And we'll see how they take these with the uh, the future shows because there's going to be Andor, Tales of the Jedi. Those ones are longer. They're tw- sixteen and twelve episodes each, right? Andor looks like it is going to justify itself being mm. a television series. That's going to be a true show. Hopefully. I'm Tales really of the hoping. Jedi, I think, will work good because it seems to be like separate stories yeah. going on. And it looks like those those are going to be maybe 15, 20 minutes per episode. Not very long. So That's going to be more of a Visions deal. Ethan? Something I think back to are the times when a Marvel movie would come out or a Disney, or a not a Disney, a Star Wars film would come out. You know, back in the in the early days, or when Disney first bought Star Wars, back when we still had hope in that trilogy, um, <laughs> like and when, when Marvel came and out, when Marvel was yes, and when Marvel huge, movies would come yeah. out, I just feel like the demystification coming upon not only Star Wars mm-hmm. but Marvel too is when a project would come out, we would all unite as fans and be so excited. But now, weekly getting episodes, like we're getting Star Wars and Marvel right now on the same day, and it really doesn't feel as special. Like, when Thor Love and Thunder comes out, of course they're rushing to the theater, we're gonna see that, but it really doesn't feel the same when we've gotten so much at-home content it's just growing this oversaturated. universe. It's oversaturated. Yeah. I believe I said this before going to see Multiverse of Madness. I said, I 
should feel hyped. I want to feel hyped for this movie. It's a Doctor Strange movie with a billion cameos, or so we thought, before the movie was going to come out. I should feel so hyped about this. But we, I, I just got done watching the Moon Knight series. Well, yeah, yeah, the Moon Knight series ended just before that. I had six weeks of Marvel content before Doctor Strange happened. Like, we've got our fill of this stuff. So it's like going to the movies, it's like... All right, let's watch that Moon Knight finale this morning. Let's go see Doctor Strange at the end of the day. All right, let's just get our fill of Marvel today, you know? Yeah. I remember when when Force Awakens first came out. Yeah. I was, what, what were we, Parker? Freshman in high school? Yes. I think we were freshmen, so. yeah. And I didn't have a car. I didn't have very much money because I didn't have a job. And I was like, Mom, we got to see this movie. It has been 10 years since the last major Star Wars movie came out. Like, this is an event. This is Star Wars, Mom. This is like something you tell your kids when when you get older. I went to a Star Wars movie in theaters. But will it still have that special thing? By the time, like, by the time we all have kids... Are there going to be like 30 Star Wars movies? We've seen a Star Wars movie in theaters last week. Yeah. <laughs> and the exactly. week before. And the week before that. Like, think about it. The movie that came out before that was episode three in 2005. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know. I, is it over? Is it over 20 since? years between Return of the Jedi and Phantom Menace. Yeah. The problem is, is that at the end of the day, these products, and that's what they are, are owned by companies who need to make Money. Mm-hmm. So what characters, shows, movies are going to make them the most money? Mm-hmm. Let's put that forward, and then let's come up with a story mm-hmm. after we greenlight the project. Not we have a story, now let's take that and make it a movie. They come up with mm-hmm. the story afterwards, and that's exactly what happened with Star Wars 7, 8, 9. Exactly. Let's greenlight another Star Wars trilogy. We got the product. Right when they signed the deal, they greenlit 7, 8, and 9. They didn't have a story yet, but they greenlit it right then and there. Mm-hmm. And you can tell. Look what happened. All three of those. Parker, you said you watched episodes 1 through 7. Why not 8 and 9? <laughs> uh, I don't think I have to explain that. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Because you don't have a story at the very start of your project. Mm-hmm. The reason the prequels got made. The reasons episodes 1, 2, and 3 got made is because George had a story and he wanted it told. He didn't care how it was presented. He wanted it told his way, which is why he directed and wrote all three of those yeah. movies. He had a story and fought to get it yes. instead he, of the other way around. Yeah, yeah. and he, he waited for the right moment, too. He had to wait to, for CGI to come up to his point. Right. You guys hear the story about when he was on the Jurassic Park set? That's when he was inspired. He was like, all right. I'm on the Jurassic Park set. I see what ILM can do now. So now it's the time to make a Star Wars movie. And that's when he started production, right when Jurassic Park was being made. So flash forward all these years later, and we now have a Kenobi show that was greenlit because Kenobi makes money. It was the most streamed Disney Plus premiere, which I don't know how accurate that is. I don't know how who says that, but that's what the reports are saying. And yeah, it's the most streamed, but is it quality content? Maybe 30, 40% of it is, but four of, those, four of these episodes aren't the greatest thing in the world. You need to do what's best for the story and for the product. So, I, yeah, I think a prime example of that is the whole dilemma of this series is I got to get Leia back to Alderaan. And in this episode, you get Kenobi doing what he should have done in episode two. Yep. 
he hands her off and says, get this girl home. I have to run from Vader. That our whole, the whole dilemma of the show was, all right, we got to get Leia back. But now in the last moment of the show, you're going to clumsily push her off to a fake Jedi. It just felt so sloppy to me. And I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and Reva, to go along with that. So Leia should have been handed off, like you said, episode three, episode two, early on. Reva, I think, in my opinion, should have been killed off episode three, episode four, something like that. But instead, we're drawn out to a full six episodes. She's in every single episode. Darth Vader is what, in three of them? Reva has more screen time than Vader. Yeah. Never thought I'd want to say that after... Well, I don't want to say it, but never thought I would Not that, it. Not that I think Vader had not enough screen time. I think Vader had a pretty good amount of screen time for... I think for... he had the amount that was needed for yes. him. I think Reva just had too much. Exactly, yeah. And now we just have another uh, ex lightsaber wielder who tosses the lightsaber onto the sands of Tatooine. <laughs> so how, how many how many lightsabers are going to be under the sands of in the Dune Sea? Quite <laughs> so, a bit. It's a wonder Luke did it. In front of yeah, right. in front of uh, Luke's hut in <laughs> on Tatooine. Yeah. That's got to be very close to the spot where Ray puts the two lightsabers. So now that we're on Luke, can we talk about about Luke and uh, Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru? Yeah. That sequence, I, I mean, I thought it was super cool to see Owen and Baru defending yes. the homestead. Mm-hmm. But do, does it break any kind of canon that Luke saw Reva with a lightsaber? He I don't know that he did. see her with the lightsaber. He t- he's, I, he's stupid if he didn't see her. Because she he just had to turn around for a second. She walks in that room. And yeah, in the mountains. She had a lightsaber drawn. In the mountains. She didn't she, have it on, though. Oh, okay. She had it drawn, but not on. I'm I'm almost certain of that fact, but I, I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad you're backing me up on this because I yeah. watched it three times and I'm almost certain he doesn't. When she enters the room where he was, she has her lightsaber out, but he's already right. Up the he's stairs. up the stairs, and even even so, though I'm not trying to I'm not trying to like make excuses for this writing because it's it is terrible. Even so, you have a a, a very imposing armored figure come to your household. Doesn't that say anything about you? I mean, Owen is wary of Obi-Wan. That wizard is a crazy old man, is what he says in A New Hope. But, I don't know, does Lightsaber it? Lightsaber is drawn in the mountains. It yeah. is? But he's not conscious. Oh, wait, wait, he's, con- he's not conscious. He's conscious. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. I was, I was scrubbing through. I saw lightsaber, I saw mountains. Yeah, yeah. So not that I want to make excuses for this writing, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't see the lightsaber. I'll accept that yeah. argument. So... <laughs> So, yeah, I, I also... He gets to Tatooine pretty quick. Who does? Obi-Wan. Well, that's true. From not as quick as Not as quick as freaking Reva does Reva. at the beginning of this. She Tele- just also, shows also up there. Teleports dude. there. Yeah. Why does this... Um, why does the the escape shuttle that Obi-Wan drive have a hyperdrive built in? I don't know. I was wondering that myself. If the Jedi Imperial... Uh, if the Jedi class starfighters don't have a hyperdrive built in... This escape Why pod should not have. have well, yeah. It's also I ten, ten, ten years later. Star Wars have That's hyperdrives. True. Which ones? Like, um, I can't. Pinpoint Wait, say it again, Parker. Does, does the rebels? I'm pretty sure we've seen the Phantom. Does like the, Phantom the Phantom have has a hyperdrive? hyperdrive? Yeah. Does it? Yeah. yeah, it's been a while since I've seen Rebels. Okay. It does. Right. They use the Phantom to transport the B wing to the rebels. Yes, you're right. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. So maybe it does. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, X wings have X wings have yeah. hyperdrives, and I would say they're roughly about the same size. I'd like to know the, so uh, the timeline of when they would put hyperdrives standard in these little car or in these little ships. It's probably well, around the that Tie time. Fighters still didn't have hyperdrives. Yeah. I guess um, the smaller fighter, but the X-Wings do. Well, because I can tell you that reason. TIE Fighters, they wanted them cheap. And they yeah, wanted they wanted to mass them. produce them. Yeah. Putting a hyperdrive mm-hmm. in a ship is not the cheapest thing. So yeah, then so. how are they getting these X-Wings and Y-Wings? and Or isn't there something where if one in, in the fleet has a hyperdrive, it can take the rest? I think I've heard that before. Is that no, wrong? No. No, no definitely not. So then the entire fleet, the entire Rebel fleet has hyperdrives? I think that's mm-hmm. expensive. Well, well that's why we were want. more focused on <laughs> quality versus quantity. Mm. That's the thing. Mm. The Y-Wings are like really good ships. That's why they have they a whole are. mission to yeah, rescue them. The Y-Wings, the yeah. B-Wings, A-Wings, X-Wings are all mm-hmm. superior to the TIE Fighters, except for the TIE Defender. Yes, TIE Defender, sweet. Mm. But the Empire just swarmed them, overwhelmed them. Yeah. Yep. Uh, another thing that I really didn't like about this uh, this episode and as a series as a whole is the shaky cam. Again, it's really evident and it I makes it feel. It wasn't well. I, I I only watched noticed it in episode four three times. So it just they really the shaky cam makes it feel like a fan film. Have those epic shots, the wide sweeping shots, not the I'm struggling to focus on a character because so they the, use, they, they use handheld. Yeah, right. they That's use handheld to build tension. Um, it's a psychological film school thing where they're like, yeah. oh, it's shaky, so it it provides a sense of un, unease. I hate it. I want I'm to aware see of that. the fight. Yeah, <laughs> I hate that. I want to see that like they do in Revenge of the Sith. Or when they, they zoom out to that like 300 mile away shot, it's like, I gotta get my binoculars <laughs> yes. to see well, I mean, what you're doing I was, here. I was sitting uh, three feet in front of a 50 inch screen, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, 4K I, though, and that, that's another thing that I gotta complain about because technical specs. Yeah, I do not like Disney Plus's streaming. It didn't do any. I know I talked about it before where it would mm-hmm. stop, but it didn't do that anymore. But the bit rate on Disney Plus, I don't know what it is, but you can't you can't make out details as fine as on a Blu-ray or. A, but that's all streaming, and yeah, that's, some, that's something that I miss about everything being a, a movie. You can just buy one Blu-ray of it. So I don't think that they'll ever release a physical copy of these shows. Um, I think the last physical copy of a show that I bought was Stranger Things Season 2. Uh, there's no plans for Season 3 or 4 to be on Blu-ray either, which sucks. But um, I would I would buy that because I don't like 4K bitrate. It just doesn't look as good as true 4K. Hmm. I don't notice it as much. I mean, I notice it because it's yeah. a big old screen. But even true. on my monitor, I have a 27-inch monitor. I watch 1 through 5 on that. And it just... Uh, it didn't look great. Did it seem grainy? It did, seemed grainy. It seem grainy. And it wasn't film grain. Notice. It wasn't film grain. It was just resolution. And I have pretty decent internet. Interesting. Okay. All right. Well. Even watching it here on the that. laptop live, it's it's just, it's blurry. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, I also don't like Roken's character at all. I think he was just uh, uh, another add-on character that's supposed to have weight. They, I mean, Obi-Wan really talks to him. I don't feel anything for that yeah. guy. Like, Reva, I think, gets a bit better as the show goes on. But Roken, I just wasn't really a big fan of yeah. at all. He might be a character that they build on more. Kind of like Saw and kind of like um, mm-hmm. even characters from A New Hope. I forget all the rebel leaders in New Hope. Or but maybe they bring them back for rebels. The, the girl, the, the main... Mon Mothma. Yeah, Mon Mothma. Yeah, she's huge now, right? She's going to be in Andor. She's 
In a, she was in Rebels. She was in all these things. Rogue One. Rogue One, yep. I think that's part of the problem. I don't want to see him again. I don't care about Roken, you know? I just well, I didn't care him. about the, the Rebel leaders and for, uh, New Hope and stuff, but they brought him back and they made him awesome. I'm Saw not saying Guerrero I care was about cool, him either. Yeah. Guerrero's in Fallen guys. Order. Dude, if they bring back these characters from Fallen Order, I'd love them. I mean, uh, Jedi Survive. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, no Cal Custis in this episode. Oh. No did you see the Hondo. rumor news, I though? Really, I did see I that. I was really hoping for Hondo to show up at some point. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. It kind of ruins the vibe of the show, but... Just a cameo saying, Is that... Is that Obi-Wan Kenobi? Like, yeah, Obi-Wan! As, as they were, like, fleeing the sorcerer, I was like, Hondo's going to show up here. He's going <laughs> to save him. <laughs> no Watto, no uh, Hondo, no, uh, yeah. I would have loved a, a trip to the Mos Eisley Cantina, though. Mm, no, at cool. some point in this series. Or Espa. Espa could have been cool. If we went to but Espa. The Cantina is, he's like, Espa's where Anakin was raised, though. That would have been cool to visit. I don't know. Personally, I'm a little wore out of Tatooine. We've seen a lot of that planet Agreed. recently. I'm glad this was a planet-hopping adventure for sure because Book of Boba Fett had me a little worn out from Tatooine. But I'm not worn out on Tatooine. I think there's still a couple things they can milk there. Uh, hopefully it's not blue milk, but, but here we go. Boba Fett wore you out of Tatooine because Boba Fett just straight up wore people out. Of Star Wars, that could be that could be it. True, disagree, um, but okay. <laughs> like I, I like Boba Fett. I enjoyed Boba I do Fett well. and Kenobi. I do think there are problems uh, that are warranted. Like I'm not going to disagree with you because you say it's bad. I did thoroughly enjoy it though, and I can definitely see myself watching all of them. Again. Well, okay, so yeah, we've been we've been largely negative. Uh, my last nitpick I want to say is the lighting, but I think that kind of goes with what we were talking about, but. I want to go through you guys, the rest of you guys' nitpicks before we go because we've been largely negative, and I promise you, there are great things yeah, in this episode we're that we're talk about. Talk about. Fantastic yeah. things we're going to talk about the good things. Do you have any more nitpicks, you guys? I do not. No. Yeah, I mean, just uh, going along with the online chatter is what I've heard is from basically everyone. This episode's great, and then I've heard a good amount of people saying, "If you're hating on the show, you're a fake Star Wars fan. What are you doing?" And then I've heard. Uh, if you're liking this show, you're a fake Star Wars fan. What are you doing? <laughs> and I actually was watching a YouTube video earlier today. I forget who posted it, but this guy, the the caption was, I'm done with Star Full Wars. Full flat videos. I watched the same thing. Yes. And I was like, oh, wow. This, uh, this guy is really broken up over this uh, Disney era of Star Wars. I am nowhere near there. I think uh, I'm still high on Star Wars right now. And I think this show was just good enough because... What I was telling Ben, what did this show do? It gave us three more canon duels between Obi-Wan and Anakin. You have the flashback, you have the fight in episode three, and you have the fight in episode six. I ate that up. And then when I look at this show, it does elevate Revenge of the Sith for me, and it elevates stuff I see in A New Hope. So I think it did its job in that area too. Yeah, compared to Bo- Book of Boba Fett, did we learn more about Boba Fett in the Book of Boba Fett? Yes. Uh, yeah. I would, I, say, I would so. say so. Absolutely. Did we focus on the most boring part of Boba Fett's entire existence in Book of Boba Fett? Yes. Also, yes. Yes, we did. Yeah. And that's the problem. <laughs> and in Obi-Wan, I think it did a better job. Would you guys say it did a better job of growing Obi-Wan's character throughout the show? 
Well, then, yeah. Let's get into what we liked. All right. Because w- one more yeah, thing. Yeah, go ahead. Is go ahead. I heard uh, Jeremy Johns, he said this in his review. So I'm taking, uh, taking it from him. But he said, where we leave Obi-Wan at the end of this series is kind of exactly where we left him at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Would you disagree with that? Absolutely, I would disagree with that. We see a broken man at the end of Revenge of the Sith and at the start of this series. At the end of this show, and that's one of the things that I really like, is Obi-Wan's arc. At the end of this show, we see a more hopeful man, a man that can commune with Qui-Gon. And I think it's, as much as I hate the scenes with Reva, I think it's illustrated right then and there when she says, You haven't failed them by showing mercy. (laughs) You have given them peace. You have honored them. Have I become him? No. You've chosen not to. Now you are free. We both are. Meaning he is free of the guilt that Vader and his whole existence has racked on his mind this whole time. And at the end of the show, I think we see a more hopeful Obi-Wan. We see the Obi-Wan or Ben Kenobi that we see in A New Hope. So I kind of, that was the one thing I disagreed with Jeremy Johns. I accept your argument. I totally see a growth development of Obi-Wan's character. 100%. The Kenobi we see at the end of episode six is the same that we see in A New Hope. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Because you see, like in the show, uh, Obi-Wan refers to Vader as Anakin. Until that last fight, he's, uh, Vader says, I am not your failure, Obi-Wan. You didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did. Which and there he leaves and calls him Darth. That was which I that loved. was the best part when he calls Ooh, him Darth. I love that. He's he, like goodbye, Darth. Just calls him a just calls him by the Sith title. Like you don't even deserve that last part. It's just yeah. Darth. And then in New Hope we see him like also call him Darth. Right? Your master will be built down. He yep. calls him Darth Vader okay. most of the time. Uh, I think actually he does call him in the duel. In the duel, he calls him Darth. It's like you're a master of like, evil. When Darth. he's talking to Luke, one of my <laughs> main <laughs> like misalignments between Revenge of the Sith and New Hope was like I, I'm not really sold on the whole. Oh, this was true from my point of view, but because of the show, we see what he's telling Luke is true. Yes, Vader did kill Darth Vader. Yeah, or, yeah, Vader or killed Anakin. Anakin. Yeah, yeah, my bad. From a mental state, yes, he killed Anakin. I I really like that. Okay, so there's a line in Return of the Jedi when Obi-Wan, when Luke and Vader are talking, and Vader says, Obi-Wan once thought as you do. And Luke is trying to turn him. Obviously, that's what they're referring to. That doesn't really... Does that really happen in this? Obi-Wan doesn't really try to turn. that he... Well, Vader, you know? But Obi-Wan's ghost in Return of the Jedi says... To Luke, Darth Vader cannot be redeemed. He is evil. He's more machine now than man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually, I'd like to point out here, uh, a lot of Star Wars is based on the fact that machines are kind of evil and the living force is good. And like you see that in that line. We're supposed to think that means Darth Vader is evil, but 
why does being a machine make him more evil? Because it kind of like shows it throughout this the whole series. In the trench run, Luke turns off the machine and uses the force to blow up the Death Star. He wouldn't have done it with the Targeting computer. Mm. And you see in this duel in Kenobi, he's not attacking the person of Anakin. He's hitting the life support. He's hitting the helmet. He's mm. hitting the armor. Mm. Mm. I like that a lot. the person is not injured. Okay. Yeah. I really like how they took their time beating up Darth Vader in this one. And they really took their time post the helmet breaking off. That was my one criticism of the, the Rebels fight with Darth and um, Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Was that it just went too quick with the 20 minute run times mm. of the episodes. There's, there, it was like a five minute fight when it was all said and done. And I think that they they made this episode That's why I think this fight is better than the Ahsoka Darth Vader fight. Mm, Okay. Because the build up to it, the build up and the conversation that they have after, I think, is more impactful for me. Uh, So I think that uh, on an emotional level, this fight uh, is on par with the Revenge of the Mm. Sith fight. But choreography wise, I. I don't think anything really beats no, Revenge of the Sith. So and I'm not gonna fight you. The the, uh, the so minus the um, I guess I guess comparing the the post limb cutting off of Anakin in on Mustafar compared to the uh, post helmet shattering of this episode, I'd say they're pretty close. Mm. Like the emotion, the writing. I think you feel that, and he even says one of the. Oh, that was at the beginning of the the fight. He says, "I will do what I must." Then you will die. Right before the fight. Do what I must. You That's right. Will they try. they do a lot of callbacks to the to that fight, and I yeah. love it. Well, you, you he, will die. He even gives him the pose. He yeah. does. The signature Obi Wan pose. Well. <laughs> Dude, when that happened, I was sitting there like, oh, no way. This is beautiful. I think we're getting into the good stuff now. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. That, that whole, f- I'm not going to lie, everything about that fight was exactly what I wanted. Mm. Like, You get to see the Force. That was one of the things I talked about the last episode was um, one of the biggest parts of the Jedi is the Force, and they don't use it in battle. Maul and... Season 7 of the Clone Wars is what I imagine how a Jedi or a Sith should be exactly. fighting. Exactly. Ripping walls off the Venator and throwing them at the clones, slicing them in half. I love that. As much as I love a good sword fight in a show or movie, I want to see the Jedi use the Force more in battle. Hmm. Well, because <laughs> it's such a cool thing, and they finally use it. They, you get... You get to see what you thought was only going to be po- uh, possible through the avatars or through Doctor Strange, where they're lifting a bunch of rocks at the same time. Not even going like, but just holding their arms up and controlling all of the rocks while he's slowly walking towards Darth Vader. That was such a cool shot. And he just keeps going closer. And then Darth Vader is also moving the rocks away from him. And kind of, I don't know if it was a force barrier or if it was just hitting him. It looked like it. Yeah, because he wasn't having any knockback. I feel like he would have a bit of knockback when yeah. he was hit with rocks. But It looked like there was a little bit. Yeah. It looked like the rocks were shattering before they actually hit him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did notice that. Just him, like, doing the both arms to the side and all of them going past. Like, 
That scene is so cool. As like, cool as Vader was Avatar. taking that ship out of orbit and bringing it back down, this might be like even cooler. Like Very he's much showing so why this is Kenobi's show yeah. by throwing rocks at him. I just, it's so cool. And then he gets buried and he hears all the voices of his past mm-hmm. of Anakin and then, then he gets out by using the, like, oh, It's done really well. And I, I'm proud to say also that the fight choreography is really good. Mm-hmm. Not on par with, obviously, or any, I would say, of the prequel fights, mm-hmm. but it really is a step up from where it has I been. I think People it's better the than the Attack of the Clones lightsaber fight. Oh, between Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Dooku? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But it was not as good as Phantom Menace or Return or Return yeah. to the Sith. The Clone Wars lightsaber fight uh, is the bottom of those, but people dog on it. I don't think it deserves It that was much. not bad. It wasn't Which bad. It, yeah, people say that Yoda should yeah, never have got, a lightsaber, things like that. You mean Attack of the Clones? Attack of the Clones. Yeah, okay. What did I say? Got, yeah. I'm oh, like, oh, sorry. Wait, seven seasons of Clone yeah, Wars? What are you, you talking you know, about? The lightsaber Whoa. battle. The lightsaber <laughs> battle. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wait, wait. Yeah. Uh, but no. yeah, I I think that Clone Wars has you know just as good of uh, lightsaber battles as anything else. I think that they were all really good, especially that finale. Yeah, no, the Ahsoka Maul fight is top tier, top tier lightsaber combat right there. Yeah. But this one, the Kenobi lightsaber fight is elevated because of the emotion yes. involved mm-hmm. behind it all. That is peak Star Wars when I you have Clone Wars emotion. Again, Clone, you did <laughs> say Clone Wars again. I keep bro. getting a, I mean, Clone though. Wars also has yeah Clone Wars. Fights. Clone Wars. That's yes. what I meant though. Like they're all on par. All the lightsaber fights, except for the sequels, have been very well choreographed. Rebels, um, Rebels was pretty good too. Not as great, but more emotion, I'd say, in those Rebels fights. Would you say with the uh, the um, Maul Obi Wan fight thing that has is no really good at yeah. his character. Mm-hmm. Character like, drama. you get the Obi-Wan yeah. Maul fight, you get the Ahsoka-Darth Vader fight, you get mm-hmm. those fights with not, they're not long, but it's because of that runtime that you get the emotion. He yeah. knows that you have to mm-hmm. inject it with as much emotion if you can't have as much cool choreography. Yes. I also think that Anakin, Obi-Wan, v. Dooku in Episode 3 at the beginning on the Separatist Cruiser. That was Cruiser, a really good one. That's mm-hmm. a good duel as well. Wow. People dog on the prequel fights were being over-choreographed. No way in heck. Mm-hmm. All of those fights, pretty They're much everything well in there rehearsed. is beautiful. And, and I don't even see it as rehearsed. I just see it as people who are very powerful with the Force and skilled at lightsaber fighting. They're going at it. I don't see it as like, like the a, actors a rehearsed it yeah. so well that, like Ben said, you don't even realize that it's a dance, yeah, pretty exactly. much. If you want a good video to watch, a YouTube channel called Shadowversity, uh, he reviews a lot of the Star Wars sword fights from like an actual sword fighting perspective. Perspective. He's like the Anakin Obi Wan fight in okay. episode three. He spends like an hour and a half detailing Whoa. every single move. <laughs> he does it again for the Empire Strikes Back fight and in Rise of Skywalker on the Rude Death Star. That was hilarious to watch because oh, he's really? going at like this is terrible. <laughs> Those baseball bat swings aiming Literally. for air, nothing but air. <laughs> Ugh. Great. All right. Well, you're gonna. I'd like to talk about those eventually. The 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 sequel fights. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Because I have some love for the sequel fights in their own way. Because I think that the combat evolves from the different uh, trilogies because of the lack of training. As Mm. it goes on, the combat style Mm. changes, and I think that having those different styles makes the 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 trilogies unique. Mm. Uh, I 
very strongly disagree with you. Well, not oh, saying no, 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 not no, no, saying no. that it's not saying that it's the most effective in it the sequel still trilogy. Make sense like Kylo Ren uses his lightsaber like a sledgehammer. Yeah, like an anger-filled Sith. Yeah, that but is he uses trained. it with a weight that is not there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna side with Mike on this one actually because. Well, what about the dark saber? What if it's like the dark saber that has weight to it? It has weight. I know the dark saber is different. She's not like attuned to it. Mm-hmm. Kylo Ren made that lightsaber. He, it's a part of him. It's mm-hmm. connected to him. He's also trained as a Jedi slash Sith mm-hmm. since he was a boy by a Luke, who was an amazing sword fighter. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What were you gonna say, Ethan? I was gonna say I agree with Mike on that one because you see in the prequels, the Jedi's are taken from their families, young age, raised from that point on, and then as you get to the original trilogy, Luke, he doesn't start his Jedi training till he's twenty, and even later than that. So, of course, what he learns, not to say that he isn't as great a Jedi as those other ones, but I think what Mike is saying is you see a de-evolution of the Jedi and the sword fighting because, as much as you want to say it, the sword fighting in the original trilogy, well, I think it has more weight and emotion than a lot of the prequel stuff. It's not as well choreographed. It's not as uh, visually and as aesthetically pleasing. So I, I think Mike has a point there. Well, not like dead on, but I think... What he's saying has some valor to it. I wonder if that weight may also come from the the side lightsabers on his, because I don't know if energy is expelling or, in two I different will directions. Say Kylo Ren has the best lightsaber in all cool. Star Wars. <laughs> mm. Just this past Friday, me and my one of my coworkers, we were sword fighting. We started out <laughs> very with, nice. We started out with long swords. You know, have a nice cross guard on there. No hand hits. The. We, so then it starts getting dark out. We switch to lightsabers. First five seconds, I get slammed in the hand. I, we almost went back to the lightsabers. <laughs> like it, and that was every single time. Like We just kept on getting hit in the hand. You just got to get a replica of Kylo Ren's, and then you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. those ones are expensive, though. Well, like In Star Wars, you see people getting their hands cut off all the time. Yep. If you just put a cross guard on there. That wouldn't happen. It is really also visually pleasing. His lightsaber is mm-hmm. very epic. And I love the... Nice, like, we, we can talk about this look. more in, in sequel yeah. sequel podcast episodes, <laughs> but uh, I like how it gives you that extra attack. You can mm-hmm. turn the lightsaber in across... Like when you're... Onto Ray's shoulder. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I think that was an excellent Finn's use of it. Finn's yeah. shoulder, my bad. Yep. So yeah, I think the sequels have their place for some lightsaber things. Some force things, some lightsaber things... They add little sprinkles of good ideas. It's just the overall story Poorly doesn't implemented. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree, guys. And we're seeing them implemented. We see them in this show. Riva has uh, some force powers from the sequels that we don't see anywhere else. I mean, we see them maybe in shows. I don't remember. What What are they? What the, the mind reading? like mind reading thing? Mind reading. Oh, um, that's we a, see that that yeah, was that's a power. Yeah, but we haven't seen yeah. it that early in canon. Um, no, I. In that can live action. Yeah. Okay. Live action. Right. That's what I meant. Real canon, Ben. Real, yeah. <laughs> not the, uh, not hey, the fake whoa, Rebels and Clone Wars. Come on. I'm not knocking Clone Wars and Rebels. That was a joke, guys. Let's just clarify that. <laughs> I'm right knocking here. it. Take it out of canon. We can knock the sequels, but not the Clone Wars. Not the precious. <laughs> yeah. What were you going to say, Ethan? Eventually, in this podcast, we will talk about... Uh, the episode we just watched. <laughs> no, yeah, let's, so, yeah, let's yeah, bring but, it but, back. Let's yeah, bring it back. Real quick, just a final thought about that. We have to acknowledge the sequels eventually because it is part of canon. As a Star Wars fan, we have to appreciate all of canon, whether it's good or bad. We don't have to accept it as good, 
but we have to recognize that it is part of canon. It is part of what's real. We don't have to like Riva, but we have to acknowledge that Riva is part of canon now. Yes. And is the th- third sister, right? Yeah, and I agree. When That's we see... one of the spots in the, what, 13 si- uh, Inquisitors. So Yeah, when we see Luke in Book of Boba Fett or Mandalorian, we unfortunately have that sad weight on our chest knowing who he eventually becomes in the sequel trilogy. And it sucks, but I think there's some interesting storytelling they could do with that. It gives us some, oh, how is he going to get to that point? It gives us that, although we might not like it now, Ben, I see you're making a little bit of a face. It sucks now. It sucks now. Obi-Wan did a much better depressed Jedi than Luke There we go, bringing it full circle. And that's what this show did really well. And it, it, it didn't take... A fan favorite character, and well, it did, but it fit the story. You know, I the only way I could see Luke doing what he did is not because he failed, but because he lost someone who we haven't. Like, I would say if they introduced Mara Jade, a wife, who is then subsequently killed by Kylo Ren at the Jedi Temple or whatever, a wife, who who he then failed, I could see that pushing him away. But yeah. that is the only way I could see them possibly redeeming that in any way. I absolutely hate Luke in the sequels. But I could go on forever. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to keep tough, this on tough, sequels. Like no other story has been told the way Star Wars has been. Yeah. So that's why canon. You have to try to justify why things are the way they are. Like why Leia doesn't mention having a further relationship with Obi Wan is beyond me, and we'll yeah. never get the answer to that. So, all right, so I will say, um, I'm just remembering back to A New Hope. When Luke comes into the detention cell block and uh, says, all right, I'm Luke Skywalker, I'm here to rescue you. I brought Ben Kenobi. And she's like, oh, you brought Obi-Wan. Or Ben, like, she says Ben. No, she, she says, you no, she Obi-Wan. does actually say Ben Kenobi. Ben Kenobi! She shouts Ben Kenobi, yeah. I'm I almost no, 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 95% sure. I agree with Ben, that's 100%. I'm point. 95%. Someone look that up. You guys I'm looking it up your, right now. Yeah. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. I'm here to rescue you. I've got your R2 unit. I'm here with Ben Kenobi. Ben Kenobi? Where is he? Come on. Almost positive. I'm talking about like we have all of episode five and episode six, and she didn't didn't mention this further relationship. And we get this all the time because Ahsoka and Rex aren't mentioned in Revenge of the Sith. We have to accept that. That's just the way the Star Wars story has been written and told. So I think we just have to be okay with little discrepancies in the story like that. And it's easy to do when the story is great. It's easy to reconcile that Anakin, while he's sitting around looking at holonets, is not even saying one thing about Ahsoka Tano, because the Clone Wars season finale is a perfect piece of she Star says Wars Kenobi. story. Yeah, that's what I thought. It, that's what I'm saying. It's easy when the story is great to kind of reconcile those differences which is why it was kind of easy for me to reconcile the differences with Revenge of the Sith when it came to A New Hope. And even Return of the Jedi, when Leia says, I only remember images of my mother, you know? And it's like, yeah. what? I you thought were, we were going to get... <laughs> I thought we were going to get something to address that in this finale. Yeah, she just we gets didn't. knocked out. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember anything. I will say Mother's one thing taken away. that oh. I really did enjoy was Obi-Wan telling Leia at the end about his mother about her mother and her father. The traits, the qualities that she got from Padme and Anakin without name dropping them. Leia. When I said before 
that I didn't know your parents. Princess Leia Organa, you are wise, discerning, kind-hearted. These are qualities that came from your mother. But you're also passionate and fearless, forthright. And these are gifts from your father. Both were exceptional people. I loved that scene and started playing Leia's theme, which Eve brought me more into that moment. Why was the music bad? I could go on okay, and on right. about that. I'll uh, say one yeah. thing about there. Uh, to me, the main Star Wars saga is separate from the like all the extra stuff to an extent. Like, like it's got to fit into canon, obviously, but the movies will always hold like always be on a higher tier than everything else mm. and like those first six movies i will always regard as like just a off on their own okay absolutely mm -hmm. I, I and i think clone wars the clone wars television show fits like, really nicely like, so, in between the that six yeah. but I, I know what you're saying like mm -hmm. but they help make those six movies better yeah they're Absolutely. all, yeah. Mm -hmm. But if you just watch one through six, that story... That's all you need. You get... The, that's the story of Star Wars, without yeah, a doubt. that is Star Wars. Everything else just is extra stuff that makes it a little bit better. Yes. And it's why when you say we have to you acknowledge seven, seven, eight, and nine... Seven <laughs> through nine actively make the original trilogy better. <laughs> I'm not going to expand on that. <laughs> yeah. And that... Or like, actively make it worse. Right. I don't know if I said better or not. You, you said... said it. You meant to say... The sequel trilogy actively makes the original trilogy worse. And it's oh, why yeah. when I watch the ending of Return of the Jedi and they're having that awesome party at the end, it's like, you know what? Maybe it did end there. That's that's kind of how <laughs> I look at it. You but... Know? Then the but you can't look at it. The greatest set is Mandalorian. We want to get that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, like, Star but it's still, like, extra stuff that, like, if it wasn't Star Wars, I would still really enjoy it. Mm. Mm, that's it, a good point. It, yeah. I, yeah. I like how the sequels uh, give us that opportunity to explore beyond Revenge of the... I mean, Return of the Jedi. So, it gives us that timeline where, what is it? What is it? 30 years after? Yep. Yeah. Gives us thirty years of open timeline. To what? <laughs> no, but I just love the sequel apologist that is hey man, Michael right hey now. Hey man, shut up, Michael. I, <laughs> I, I oh, Parker, put that gun away. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's a testament to this episode, this episode of Kenobi, that it's making us have these conversations about yeah. the grand whole saga because that's how much. It means, you know, that's, that's how much a good it touched. Star Wars spinoff should do. Yes. And that's why we need so many shows in between episode six and episode seven, because we just need to build up <laughs> we need to, to, to make seven, eight, nine. We need to somehow make it make sense. Yeah. That, that's why there's only, what, two shows right now in between three and four? So <laughs> this, this is a tangent. We've been on so many tangents today, but the, I propose this to Ben. What if the Luke we see in the sequel trilogy is a clone? Of our oh no, 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 no. Actually, <laughs> actually say that because legit, that has been on my mind since you said it, dude. And I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It's me saying that how can they retcon the sequels by making it happen in universe? But there is a story called Heir to the Empire where a clone of Luke Skywalker is made in the expanded universe. Mm -hmm. What if by some amalgamation that the, the Luke that we get in <laughs> Last Jedi is a clone? 
Now, that would be weird with Rise of Skywalker, Force Ghosts, and everything like that. I don't know how they'd make it make sense, but if you can make it make sense in universe, why he makes those stupid decisions. If it's an exact Force Ghost in the sequels, I think Luke catching the lightsaber make breaks canon a lot more than Qui-Gon appearing as a Force Ghost. Because once they're a Force Ghost, they're not attached to the physical world. They're part of the living Force. And I agree with that. But Force can move things. rocks, why can't it We've also already seen move a lightsaber? I thought we saw a Force rocks. Ghost pick up things before. When? Um, well, know. you Obi-Wan see... Obi-Wan sits down He sits on, on a branch, yeah. No, but, not that. I don't know. Even in episode 8, didn't... No, no, no. Yoda tapped Luke on the head. Yeah. But that's yeah. also sequels. Yeah. So... You were dealing can, with the same Yahoo. They can put new things in the canon. <laughs> they can put new things into canon if it doesn't. Like we never specifically saw anyone in the original trilogy pick up or put down anything as a Force ghost. So why why couldn't they? I mean, they're standing on things. This is true. I think we've been talking about the sequels for far too long. Let's get back to part six of Kenobi. The sequels um, are going to become important. I'm telling you. <laughs> well, they already are, unfortunately. But yeah. let's get back to episode six. Um, I loved that at the end, Obi Wan said hello there. Yes. Oh yes. He legit said it, and it wasn't like I didn't feel it. Didn't feel like a fan service. He just came over. He was happy, and he said, "Hello there." That's what I've been waiting for. That's what it's all about. <laughs> when he said that, I literally, I had my gripes, but when he said that, I was like, oh, that just makes this episode it Because it's not just a, like, meme moment on the prequels. Like, that's the first thing he says in A New Hope. Yeah. Hello there. Yes. Where you? Come out, my little friend. Or something along those Come lines. Come out, my little friend. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That, that's why it, it works just so well there. And that, that whole ending, I'm not going to lie, when he goes to Alderaan, when we see Vader talk with the Emperor, yes, which that is too. also an epic scene, I totally didn't expect that. He, um, Ian McDermott still looks great as I the Emperor. It. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you did. You did. It was beautiful. And you guys were like, no, he's not. He's not. Oh, I yeah. thought that Ian McDermott, being as old as he is, would be... Totally honest with us in saying that he wasn't going to. He's show a up. he's a big um, uh, like Shakespeare play actor right now, so I get I, I totally saw him coming back for this this role. This is it one through three are literally just a Shakespearean play. <laughs> oh, 100%. So yeah. having the Emperor, this one of the greatest masterminds, I'd say, until the sequel, um, <laughs> of like all. Shakespearean, quote unquote, written fiction. That, that's that's a legend of a play right there. Yeah, like I will say, uh, it, when I was in high school English, after we read Julius Caesar, we watched Revenge of the Sith. Oh, in class. are you serious? And my teacher was pointing out like parallels. Your, your in there. teacher is goaded. Yeah, that. what? I yeah. actually hated that teacher. Oh. That was the only good moment in that entire class. So oh. That had to have redeemed the whole class, though. Honestly, yeah. I never got to watch Star Wars in class. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've got Andrew Garfield openly say, "I'm not appearing in that." We had Liam Neeson, a couple, uh, like a month ago, saying, "I would never appear on the small screen." And then when Tales of the Jedi was announced, we were like, all right, this Wait dude was lying to us. So then we see him. Then we have Ian, Ian McDermott showing up, too. And there are really, like, five, six moments, five or six moments in this episode where I really just 
was so overwhelmed with joy and excitement that I was seeing this. Of course, when Kenobi hits that pose, that just chills, oh dude. My gosh, chills. Yes. And that duel, right when he cuts off the mask, everything from there till Kenobi leaves, and you hear Vader yell, Obi Wan! Oh. Oh I was gosh. kind of expecting Obi Wan to, to strike the second pose. Because then that would kind of show that that middle step, hmm. you know. Because so just the Rebels, two steps before Rebels, yeah. he does the three. He starts yeah. off with that pose and loses that section of the battle. Then comes back and doesn't make that pose again. And then later on in the mall fight in Rebels, he starts off in that pose and then switches. We see that he's changed his fighting style. Hmm. Yeah. It's beautiful, man. I really that fight, the mall fight in Rebels, is honestly goaded. I think, yeah. but I think we have. I think it's safe to say that we have another lightsaber fight that can go down in the annals. I think this breaks top ten, might even break top five for I you. I mean, there really aren't that Emotional, many. <laughs> emotionally wise. Yeah, it's, but yeah, it's like, up there. even choreograph wise, it is still very yeah. good. Yes. The choreography is really. And I, my, I didn't expect I like the quick own. shots. I like the how they played low too. You don't see very many lightsaber fights where they go for the legs. But yeah. this one was a lot of legs, a lot of ground. Uh, Darth Vader swinging, hitting the ground, missing, and like you can see cracks. Appearing. Yeah, that was really cool. I like the force on the ground causing yeah. the the crevice to form. That was cool. Mm-hmm. My really only gripe with that sword fight was the camera shaking. Mm. That's what I'm saying, man. That's I like. If they didn't have that, it would be so much better. Yes. I also don't like how every swing it cuts to a different angle. That's that kind of bugs me a lot. Fan of. I like the. They should have had a longer like, one shot. They did Maybe, have a few yeah. like longer shots. Maybe it's the Daredevil fan in me, but those one takes, they just knock it out. Maybe of it's the Revenge of the Sith fan in me, but <laughs> should have. They do it in Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. There's there's five second long takes where they're just going at it, and you know they have the skill there too. Yeah. But so it's like there are some sword fights that I've seen in movies where every single hit is a different like camera angle and it really throws you off. You can't tell what's happening. This they did at least have and Revenge of the Sith too had they had spent a few seconds on yeah. like each shot. That's all I asked. No, what what happened? We were praising this duel and now no, we're yeah, yeah. critiquing. No, it. but that's the one <laughs> yeah. critique. The shaky cam. I, I wonder if it was purposeful. I wonder if it was to show that Darth Vader was fearful? I don't know. Because quick shots I like usually that. mean usually mean panicked. It usually means someone was panicked, and uh, Obi-Wan definitely was not. No, Darth Vader was overconfident. Like, you see it in that first section. Yeah. He's like, no, you're still weak. So I can tell that you're, you're trying. You're you're a little bit stronger than last time, but you're still weak, and that's going to make you lose. I also think that every decision in the show was purposeful. I just think that some of the choices were wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, And that was one of them, I think. So... I think I'll it just boils down to that. All three watch yeah. and pay attention mm-hmm. to the cuts. And we were talking about doing a, a like a, a, a retrospective. retrospective. Yeah. Yeah. And in like a, in month, a month or two. two. Yeah. Just to kind of, because this is all initial, you know, mm-hmm. let the dust settle, you know, let it really, let, let the fans nitpick it to death before we come back on here because I know it's already been, you know, but mm-hmm. I want to see the, the best, yeah, the best. Thing about Star Wars for me is that when it ages, it becomes better. Never in a moment have I ever cried upon verse, first viewing, except for Clone Wars finale, of watching Star Wars, mm. you know? It's when you really start to think about it, have all that background knowledge, and then go see it again, 
that I really start really to get emotional. see it in the prequels. Like, think about how badly the prequels are received at first. And now, like... I mean, Ben, you you prefer Revenge of the Sith over the original trilogy, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes. Revenge of the Sith is without a doubt my favorite Star Wars. Now, Empire mm-hmm. and A New Hope come pretty close next. Mm-hmm. But as far as emotional... Like, everything in that. And it's built up because of the Clone Wars. I will say that. But I say you definitely need to throw the Clone Wars into that mix to as a part of why the prequels are looked at so positively now. As I the, will say one thing, though, uh, countering that is I was talking to one of my friends the other or uh, not the other day, like a few weeks ago. But he actually said that for a very long time, Attack of the Clones was his favorite Star Wars movie. Huh. Um, really? And he said... It was because when he was a kid, like, that was just the coolest thing. Because you have Obi-Wan and Jango fighting. You've got that cool spaceship battle with uh, Obi-Wan and uh, Slave One. Yeah. You've got the uh, Battle of Geonosis, which is awesome. The arena fight is awesome. The Count Dooku uh, fight at the end is awesome. Yeah. And he liked that as a kid, and it stuck with him forever. And uh, <clears throat> by the time he actually started thinking more about the movies and... Realizing, uh, yeah, the dialogue's a little bit off. Mm-hmm. He had seen the Clone Wars and was like, I love these characters. Mm. That's exactly what happened to yeah. me. Mm-hmm. As a kid, you don't pay attention to the politics and romance scenes of uh, Tag of the Clones. So you only see the, the action scenes, and those are the best out of the prequels, I'd say. Yep. Like, that movie has the best, because we see Camino. Camino is one of the coolest planets and the most memorable to me, but it's so slow when he gets there for the first time. Mm-hmm. It's like three or four different scenes full of just standing there talking. And it's a lot of really great exposition, mm-hmm. but it's not something a kid would pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Like, they talk about all the the whole, how the clones got there, all that stuff, and yeah. who ordered them, I think and there's that there subplot with progression that. through the prequels. Like, uh, The Phantom Menace has a lot of just dialogue and politics in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, Attack of the Clones Shore and sat down a little bit. And then Revenge of the Sith, you see... You have action that you see action throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Um, I, I start was, with the. I was just watching through. I've been watching through Star Wars with my little sister Claire. She's eleven, mm. and it's the first time watching all of it. Uh, I was gonna start her at A New Hope, because I think that's probably you should watch Star Wars four through six, and then watch the prequels because it makes a lot more sense. Agreed. Plus, those the or you movie. watch four five, then after the Luke and Vader reveal happens, you jump back to one and That's watch that. That's not going to make as much sense for a first-time viewer, I It think. won't, but it will really elevate <laughs> that you're scene fan, in Return yeah. of the Jedi when his helmet's but, removed. Uh, my other siblings were like, no, 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 let's start at one. That We should start at one. I'm like, mm, okay, fine. And I could see Phantom Menace, she wasn't really that intrigued. Attack of the Clones, she was a little bit more. Revenge of the Sith, a little bit more. And then she really liked A New Hope. Uh, she really liked Princess Leia, which she should. Leia's awesome. <laughs> it's because that overall, to disregard a lore action sequences, A New Hope, it's just a darn good movie. That started off everything. Yep. That was, as a standalone film, it was so amazing that, uh, what, almost, almost 50 years later, 45 to be exact. Yep. We are talking about it right now, praising it, saying how it's gotten even better the more it's aged. What other space movies from 
45, 50 years ago do, that are classics that nobody talks about anymore. 2001 A Space Odyssey, who talks about that anymore? Mm -hmm. There's, I don't know, the Tron movies. Who talks about the Tron, Tron. movies? <laughs> the Star Trek, dude. maybe, I guess? Star Trek. Anyway, Actually, Star Trek is, is less is Mainly for shows, though. Yeah. Yeah, 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 right. But that movie, man, it's, it's just, I had the a unique a privilege of watching Empire last year, or 2020. It came back to theaters for its 40th anniversary or something like that, and oh my gosh, it was just awesome. And the thing, A New Hope was better, but then Empire Strikes Back is even better. Yep. How often does a sequel that was not originally planned end up better than the original? When you have the Name the last time out. that happened. The Last Jedi. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, no, no, no. Rise of Skywalker. No, you meant Attack of the Clones. Well, Rise of Skywalker oh. was better than Last Jedi, right? So since we're on a topic of A New Hope, like how does this series elevate what we get in A New Hope for us? Because I think uh, Owen and Baru's death is going to hit a little harder now yep. when we mm -hmm. watch that. I think uh, when I think we want to. I want to see more of that. I want to see mm -hmm. more of Owen and Baru and Luke's upbringing. I don't think there's. A lot I, I like the deleted. Have you guys seen the deleted scenes for Episode Four? Mm -hmm. They're on Disney mm -hmm. Plus. They're pretty cool. Uh, we get to see Luke's friends and a little bit of that interaction. And Tashi Station. Tashi Station. Yeah. yeah, we get that. And I, those are just little snippets of what yeah, another show on Tatooine. Let's go. Let's do it. Hey, I'm all for Tatooine. I don't know what Ben's talking about. <laughs> Tatooine yeah, of Star Wars. We have a lot of Tatooine, but I think that they just have so much to talk about on Tatooine. We get Tales of the Jedi, and uh, I think The Walking Dead is giving us uh, Tales of the Walking Dead. So why can't we get Tales of Tatooine, where each episode focuses on a different story taking place on Tatooine. Disney, I just wrote a show for you. Get like a Family Ties, but for Owen and <laughs> No, 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 no. Wonder Vision style. Bit Everybody farther. knows if they're going to do anything, if they're wise at all, they're going to go Old Republic. They're going to go Reva spinoff. Oh, oh wait, they a, are doing that. Yeah. They're oh. going to do a live-action clone show on Except Camino. They're right, not going to do an Old Republic because they're not smart. Exactly. Well, and honestly, after seeing their treatments of these projects, I don't even know if I want to see it in Old Republic. Anything, you know? Keep it games, have other people develop it. I want a sequel to KOTOR. Well, that's the problem with what's happening with Star Wars right now, is even Book of Boba Fett, like you two sitting here, Book of Boba Fett was terrible, but you two guys like are defending that. And I, 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 I liked it. it. No, 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 no. They as have as great moments, it, great moments in there. But, but it was poorly directed. You can still say that that's just average Star Wars content. It's just yeah. elevated because it's Star Wars. But I, we have filler shows. There's so much content. Yeah, they're making so much that they need to just calm down Give us legit good storytelling again. That's like nothing's been regarded. And we're not going to have a break for a while. I think time. Boba Fett had a good story that was just told not used. in a weird way that didn't work. So I was on YouTube scrolling through and I saw a YouTuber and he said, uh, For the me, Boba Fett trilogy? Or no, no, but I've listened or, to that and that was beautiful. Right, yeah. Uh, he put out a thing, and it was an announcement. All right, Kenobi was kind of mid. I had my problems with it, but overall, there were some really great things in there I really liked. Agreed, yeah. But um, ultimately, just it didn't really live up to the hype. Oh, well, on to the next thing. And that is exactly where we're at with the culture. It's so disposable. It's like, what? Shows are so what? disposable now. <laughs> on to the next thing? That's what you say after this? You know? Like, you have this epic saga. Yeah. In my opinion... The best movie saga. 
I'm open to uh, arguments, but you'll have a hard time uh, persuading me. When you define you, saga, what do you mean? One through six. You, oh, so a, a, a or well, I guess just multiple movies. Okay, all right. Um, if you yeah. so, if you throw Clone Wars and Rebels in there, I'd probably agree. But I mean, the Infinity, the Infinity Saga, Saga right counts. there. I disagree with you. Like, all right, so Star Wars has really good stuff and really bad stuff. Marvel for me is just consistently mediocre. Mm-hmm. Even Infinity War. Infinity War, which is probably the best Marvel movie. I'd say so. What are you about um, to say right now? I'm going to have to get up and... No, 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 no. It's, say what you're going to say. It's still yeah. not close to Star Wars. Like, the best of Star Wars. You're right. Mm. I mean, I don't think any of the Marvel stuff is as bad as the sequel trilogy, but none of it is anywhere near as good as the original I trilogy. think Infinity War and Endgame are close. They're really up there. I think that... I'm not a fan of Endgame. Infinity War, I think. Oh, Infinity War is better than Endgame, for sure, in my opinion, but I know you guys are crazy. So, guys, I am the biggest Star Wars fan I know. I love episodes one through six. Mm. Like, they mean so... They mean more to me than the Infinity Saga does. Like, absolutely. Just from being a kid and being raised in there. But I'm not going to lie. I think the Infinity Saga's got the Star Wars Sega beat. At least, like... Nine, the nine episodes are just... We will see. I, I we will know, see. Like, so in our watch through, we can do a percentage of uh, stinkers to uh, good ones and see like how much of... So I'm talking like, about... Percentage-wise. I'm talking about the 22 movies from Iron Man to Endgame yeah. and the Star Wars films 1 through 9. Like, You'd say it, Infinity Saga beats If you're that taking out. 1 through 9, I think Infinity Saga beats it. If you're taking 1 through 6, 1 through 6 beats Infinity Oh, well, that's, saga. A diff- that's a different question. Because, like itself. I said earlier, one through nine, I think one through six, six, I hold above everything else. So yours is saying one through six. Yes. Interesting. All right, I have to think the about that. The stuff that one. actually had a coherent story and plan to it. Okay. So what about uh, back to back to the the show we're talking about here, Kenobi? I'm How would you rank this compared to the other shows? The other uh, the other Star, Star Wars. The other Star Wars shows first. Right. Yeah, let's start with that. Under Mando. Leagues above Boba Fett and under Clone Wars Scene 7, of course. Yeah, so for me, it's um, the Clone Wars Season 7 is at the top for me. I don't think that'll ever be beat. Those last four episodes. Well, let's just mean, take all of Clone Wars. All not of Clone just Wars, yeah. Season 7. But, but we're talking about just strictly Disney, Disney Plus right. shows. Cause, yeah, because. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah. Then, you, then, then we, we could bring Rebels. in the Ewok series. <laughs> well, Rebel, Rebels is still Disney. Do we want Yeah, but not that? Disney Plus original. Okay, all right. So, right, so Resistance number one. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Resistance is the only Star Wars stuff I haven't seen yet. I haven't seen oh, Resistance. It's uh, I heard it's rough. Don't even try. Yeah, I have tried three times, and I just cannot. <laughs> it's not long either. It's like three seasons, right? It's like two seasons. Two seasons. Three yeah. seasons of four star Actually, I still rating. Need to watch the Hollywood. I still have to watch too. Bad Batch. <laughs> That's but I got to watch Resistance first. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say for me, it goes Clone Wars season seven, uh, Mando. Kenobi, and then Book of Boba Fett. What about Bad Batch? Ooh. Bad Batch above Boba Fett. Boba Fett is the last. Bad Batch, Mando. Uh, Bad Batch, Kenobi, Mando. And you put Resistance on the top. <laughs> and then, uh, resist- sorry, I almost forgot. Yeah, Resistance is on the It's top. just so good, yeah. I forgot that it, we're comparing it to these. So your top three. Top three, Clone Wars, um, Mando, and then 
I guess Kenobi, but I guess for I how much we have, it, I, it falls middle. It falls I middle. Guess of the road. Kenobi. That that in and of itself is kind of sad that you had to say that. Oh, that's the thing. I wanted this to be so much better. Yeah. Than what, it was. what are you guys? What were you guys' expectations going into this? And were they met? Sky high. No. Sky high. I think it did everything I wanted it to. Just the start was not the best. No, when you. When you call a show, like if you name a show after a title character, that's what I expect. I expect an in-depth character study on that title character. And we really, we don't get a lot of that. We get too much of Reva. I'm, of course, not complaining with all the Darth Vader we get. But the lack of emotion we get from Obi-Wan in five episodes, or maybe if you want to throw episode three in there, in at least... Over half these episodes, a lack of emotion you get. After that duel he has in episode three, we just jump right into another rescue adventure. And even when he's in the uh, Inquisit, what would he call that place? The Fortress, Fortress Inquisitorius. Fortress Inquisitorius, and he sees all the dead Jedi sitting in that uh, tomb. What a waste of potential with they don't that. Take that anywhere. What a we we know Obi Wan knew a few of those Jedi, or at least um what, what's the the bird-looking Jedi's name? Terra Sinube. Yeah, he, we know he at least knew Terra. But the lack of emotion we get from him there even hurts a lot. And mm-hmm. I just want a more drawn-out, more in-depth character study on him, and we didn't get that. They focus on the wrong things in yeah. this show. And going into this for me, I was thinking pretty much what we got. I, I wanted more, but I was expecting for it to have its shortcomings. Just like with Book of Boba Fett. I was expecting mm. we would get little things like like what we had with Book Boba It's basically Book of Boba Fett, but a little bit better. Okay. And about Obi-Wan, in so my opinion. I saw the leak for the ending before the show came out. <laughs> was that right? I wondered that. It was like 80-90% to 90% right. Wow. Holy was the leak Obi-Wan and Darth Vader would have a fight? No. It was... <laughs> um, so the leak that I saw was that... At the end of the show, Obi-Wan's going to come back to Tatooine, and Reva is going to be standing at the homestead with Owen and Brew like, tied up or something in the background, and her holding Luke with a lightsaber against him. Mm. And he was going to persuade her that she can be better, and she would put the lightsaber away and leave. Mm. Even that Which, could have been better than what we got. What we got wasn't far off, but... No, like, having seen that before I watched the show, I watched the first two episodes, I'm like, Reva is really annoying. I don't want to see Reva. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then uh, watching as Obi-Wan gets more connected to the Force, and especially in uh, episode three, four, five, like, seeing Reva kind of, like, become more conflicted and seeing she's not just like, oh, I want to be great and the most powerful Inquisitor and I want to get Kenobi. It's, you see her, like, she's only here because she wants Darth Vader. Mm. So I kind of liked that. I liked Reva's growth throughout the story. I liked her at the end of the show. I think the beginning was a bit too slow, and I think if all the episodes were released at once people would have liked it better. It's a better binge. Now, it is. as someone who has not rewatched it all, 
I could be wrong because, like Ethan said, there were like a few times where, like, for example, the Jedi Masters in the Fortress, like, we just kind of forget about them. So there is stuff like that where maybe on a binge that stuff will become even worse because you're jumping like literally from this to this to this mm. to this. So I don't know. Yeah, I've always thought that on a binge, problems, nitpicks usually kind of go away. You forget you about know, them. You really do forget. Like Walking Dead, I've watched all 10, 11 seasons of that show in like five months. Mm-hmm. So all of the fan discussions and everything like that, who they killed, and it, it just kind of washed over me and I kind of just took in the story for yeah, what it was. The speculation after the episodes kind of skews with the story. Yeah. Like, imagine if A New Hope was released as a TV series. And, like, after you see Luke and Obi-Wan leaving Tatooine, you're like, oh, what will happen next? Like, I don't know what I would have predicted would have happened, but... They definitely would have... There wouldn't be nearly as many complaints about Reva, I think. I think... Because... Binge. Yeah, if if it it were a binge, no one would have that... Um, no one would be questioning, okay, what are they going to do with Reva now? It's, okay, her story's done, she we don't have to see her She was unlikable again. in a bad way at the beginning. And if we had binged it, she we would have gotten over that a lot quicker. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I think Disney Plus is, they love this weekly release stuff, and I, I eat it up too when the stuff is good. I love getting I, new. I don't like it even when it is a no, good show. No, even when when it's fantastic, I love the week to week speculation with Loki and WandaVision that elevated those shows. Same thing with Mando. So much. Yeah. You know where it's not working though, Miss Marvel. You know? Do you see it with Miss Marvel? What is there to talk about? I, I'm, not seeing, to, I'm not seeing. I'm not seeing it yet because yeah, what, do you, we've what had is there to Kenobi speculate every week? What is there to speculate with Miss Marvel? It's like you, you don't always have to speculate. I don't think, yeah, you just have to. But that's what hypes up the back weekly to the universe. That's what's the uh, weekly. But uh, anyway, my me, at least like the weekly release, I like the hype dies down throughout the week unless it's a really good show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then with a binge model, you get a release here. People talk about it for a week. This well, we like got six movies. weeks of this. Yeah, the movies are like. Uh, but that's Marvel the benefit releases. of doing a show. Okay. So I think, for example, Stranger Things, that show is designed to binge. There are some stupid things that come up even in season four. Yep. You forget about them because of how awesome the storytelling is and mm-hmm. how the end of episode four is so good and episode of, episode well, seven is so good. I'm not spoiling oh, yeah, anything. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying. Oh, episode six. I'm, I'm just saying like things are good and. Do you forget about all the bad? Stranger Things designed that way, to binge. I think Disney Plus needs to realize that, hey, not every show needs to be this weekly format. Like Parker's saying, it can be designed for a binge. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So they need to they need to refocus how they're doing these shows. And I think mm-hmm. they had Boba Fett in the can since, like, 2012. They had Kenobi in the, like... They just they were movies though. They wanted to make these movies mm-hmm. for a long time, and so now we we have those things made. I think Boba Fett also would have worked a lot better as a movie. I agree. Well, like it's because if you had just the Tuscan Red Rock, I think it would have worked pretty well as a movie. Oh no, <laughs> I don't know about that. I, I really yes, we're like, in this epic Boba Fett movie. Oh, here he is with Tuscans. Oh, we don't get to see him put on the armor. Nope. Well, you probably go a little bit past that. But. <laughs> yeah. What if they just did Disney Plus movies? You know, they just release a full length. Maybe they split the show into Why not put two that in theaters, parts. though? I want to see that in Why theaters. Why not put that in theaters? Right. 
No. Yeah. So now those things are over with. That that's gone. Well, they're I, going yeah. to use Disney Plus now, though. Yeah, because well, no, yeah. getting more people subscribed to the streaming service is going to make them a lot more money than the big box office stuff most of the time. Yeah. It's the same thing we see with Xbox. It's the same thing we see with Netflix. It's the same thing we see with everybody. They'd rather put these big budget things directly to Game Pass, directly to Netflix, directly to Amazon Prime, directly to Disney Plus, instead of movie theaters because they get more money directly from the people. So, yeah. yeah, Disney Plus was launched launched in 2019. So it's still it's still in its early days of development. So it's forgivable right now. It just sucks that we've gotten two legacy Star Wars yep. character shows in that experimental phase. If yep. I were to grow up in, if I were to be born like right now and in five years I grow up with Disney Plus, that would be the sickest thing though. Like having all these movies, everything right at my fingertips and all the time in the world to watch them and having no prior experience of these things, that would be insane. Like this mm-hmm. Disney Plus is built mainly for the kids. The next generation. The next generation. Viewers. And we have to keep that in mind. Like, these are geared towards people younger than us. So, <laughs> thinking about the future, a question that's been proposed and is heavier on the rumor mill is a Kenobi Season 2. Do we want a Kenobi Season 2? Parker, do you want to see a second season of this? I would like to see more of Kenobi within, like, this time period. But I don't know what story they would tell because mm-hmm. they've left him right where he starts off in A New Hope. Yeah. So, I don't know. Okay. Ethan, you sounded like you agreed. Well, Disney, if you know how to write a decent script <laughs> and can give me a good story with great character moments, I'm on board for any story you got. But as of right now, as it stands, I do not want a Kenobi Season 2. Mike. But... It made them money. Made them money. They're gonna so make. There th- will be. They're gonna make another one. They, that's the problem. And all the actors are on board with making another one yeah, too. So, I mean, it, it, if true. I was in Star Wars, I would one hundred percent be on board with doing more. Yeah, like uh, Liam Neeson said, like he was like, yeah, everyone hated the Phantom Menace, but. I loved it. I was a Jedi. I would 100 yeah. yeah. So was he just like, he was doing yeah. that like behind the scenes? You do <laughs> still have a lot of potential for him to grow with Qui-Gon. And like I said, Obi-Wan didn't fight a single Inquisitor this entire series. Yeah. There's potential there. Like we can have the weight of this first season. Oh, it's that dual Vader. But now he could be murdering Inquisitors. How many Inquisitors haven't we seen? He can be mowing through them. True. You know what I would rather see in season two is developing his force abilities with Qui-Gon, with, uh, well, not Yoda, Ghost. I was going to say Yoda Ghost, but that's later. Um, so but I would like to see more training. Those episodes in Rebels where they're in the, I always forget what. With uh, Bendu? Yeah. Those mm. were so cool and interesting. And the Trials of the Dark they were, Yeah, we yeah. don't see things like that anymore. So I could see... Or very much. Yeah. I'd love to see a whole season. Like, yeah, so what is Mike, Mike is saying, we can have these slower character-building episodes because Rebels and Clone Wars, you get 24, 25 episodes per season. This, they're going six episodes. And I mean, if you divide them into, you know, 20-minute episodes, that's still only eight. That's still half of what, less than half of what you'd be getting with this other form of storytelling. Yeah. So uh, could we get more? Yeah, but... 
I don't know. I would love to see out of season two with this. I'd like to see a dissection of the Jedi Council. I'd like to see Obi Wan finding out exactly what went wrong, how uh, he let Anakin go, maybe, or how the Jedi Order fell apart. Hmm. Um, what they can do to build up uh, a new Jedi Order. Uh, maybe meet with Cal Custis. Actually, not not like as a not meme in here. If he met up with Cal Custis and helped him form the next Jedi Order, because that's his whole goal in Fallen Order, is to gather up whatever Jedi he can and create this new order. So one thing I'll point out there is in Rebels, when Ezra says, I know where Obi-Wan is, I can go find him, because otherwise Maul's going to get there first. Uh, Ahsoka, Rex, all the other Rebel leaders are like, no, I'm pretty sure Obi-Wan's dead. Don't waste mm. your time looking for him. I think we would know if he Kill was alive. Him by himself. Little correction there. Ahsoka is gone by that point. Rex er, yeah, is sorry. the one who says that. Yeah, my yeah. bad. She, I don't oh, know Rex what happened will. with Ahsoka, but Rex believes that Kenobi is dead. So, mm. it would have sorry, to be... Kanan, not Ahsoka. Yeah, it that. would have to be small scale if that mm. was to happen. Uh, team that could be Cal cool if, if we actually, if season two was Cal going to Tatooine, learn, training there... Or maybe in Jedi Survivor. I uh, think I think more sense as yeah. the Survivor. That's of where Kenobi it should take two. place. I don't want to see a Kenobi season two at all. Like mm. no way. Mm. That that is where we've le- let it. Disney has shown what they can do with a Disney Plus series with Kenobi. A lot of it is cash grab and stuff, and it's like I I, I don't want to see that at all. I don't want to see it at all. Yeah, and it goes on with the desaturation of getting Star Wars content. If we're getting another season of Kenobi next year and more Darth Vader, everything we've gotten already feels so... It doesn't matter anymore because that's why Darth Vader is such an amazing character because we got him in that original trilogy. We got a little bit of him in Revenge of the Sith. We got snippets of him in Rebels and at the end of Clone Wars. And we got a little bit of him in Rogue One. But overall, like the amount of times... A screen on screen time Vader has is so minuscule that it still feels so grand and big. And we never want, oh, Vader's on my TV again. Great. Exactly. And I will say this though, I don't know how you how resistance you guys are to this, but watching resistance? <laughs> All right. We'll watch I would it. not I'll be upset if Disney greenlit a Vader series. I could totally see that happening and I could see him just just like a episode. hack and slash. Hunting Jedi down like, with the no lines. It's just him. Like yeah. maybe a couple lines of Vader per episode, but yeah. Vader's a silent character. D- him dealing with his decisions and Padme. Kind of what I wanted to see a lot in this series, except mm. they decided to introduce Reva. But him dealing with his decisions, weeping and being sad over like, what he did. Not long after Revenge of the Sith. Yes, I could see that happen. And there's a lot that can't, comics does with Vader Year so, One. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. that that could be cool. I could see that. The other thing I would like to see is more like kind of unrelated uh, spinoffs, kind of like Mando Season 1 was, where like you didn't really see much that connected to the main Star Wars story. Yes. Like, that's Like Season did. 2 brought it in a little bit more, but it not enough to make it like interfere with like canon. And stuff. Like Moon Knight. Moon Knight has no connection yeah. to yeah, like yeah. That. greater yep. MCU, but... It's still a great story by itself. That's yeah, what yes. I like to see for shows. For movies, I would like to see more like kind of like Rogue One, where like a direct spin. Yeah. Yep. 
Like, you want an Ewok show where all the Ewoks are murdered. It takes place right after episode six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so Star Wars is this big, grand, massive universe. And we're telling these stories that all kind of connect to each other, which which is good, but also we there's so much potential in this bigger, larger universe to tell mm-hmm. stories. Old Republic. I, I keep saying it. If you make a trilogy on Revan, you watch oh, that yeah. box office come in. Dude. Mm-hmm. Oh, hire me. I think you would probably start <laughs> off a little bit smaller because Revan's not as well known as like Darth Vader, for example. But after that first Darth movie, Plagueis. you can bet people will be watching the other movies. That's what I'm. You, if you, you introduce, do it right, if you, if you do it right, you introduce those characters. His story is so captivating. That could be so captivating. <laughs> oh could my be like gosh! Rated our Star Wars. That's point. what I'm saying. You have an army of Sith versus an army of Jedi. Just as a concept, that should be enough to greenlight this. Sith and Jedi armies going at it. Like, that's it. That, oh. <laughs> and that's kind of what we were expecting out of the sequel trilogy at some point, right? We were thinking Luke would have had his Jedi Order yes. founded and we would have had this huge yeah. Jedi group against maybe an uprising of Sith. It would have been a, a reflection of what we saw earlier yeah. in the timeline. Because, like, when uh, Force Awakens, like, hadn't been released yet, we're like, how, how is this uh, evil Force rising up again? Because Luke already is training more people and he's a great Jedi. Yeah. So, and yep. then we get our answer and it is very unsatisfactory. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, gentlemen, let's focus back on the episode. I want to talk <laughs> about favorite moment because this this is the finale. I want to do a favorite moment of this episode and then we're going to go overall as a show what was the best uh, scene or moment for you. Favorite character too? <laughs> Yeah, we can do favorite character. I think it's pretty self-explanatory which one it is. Maybe not. Maybe not. It could be wrong. Uh, Micah, do you have a favorite scene in in this episode? Um, Favorite scene in this episode? Gotta say Qui-Gon was the only one that made me audibly excited. Okay. All right. All right. Oh, my God. They did it. Wow. Yep. What? Uh, All sorts of noises came out of my mouth at that point. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, that was about it. Parker, favorite moment? That... Obi-Wan versus Darth Vader fight. I love the whole fight. And, like, also, I don't think I uh, talked about this before, but, like, the flash or the uh, callbacks to uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan's training in episode four, five? Five, yeah. Five? Yep. Like, you can see they're moving, they're using the same moves. And then, like, also, like, the, I could... I felt like I was watching like the Aang and Fire Lord battle game. Yes. I loved it. Nice. Ethan. Ben, you got the pressure of hosting. Let, I want to hear your favorite moment right now. Oh, okay. he doesn't know his. All right. <laughs> no, no, I actually I actually do know mine. And it's I'm not going to lie out of all of the moments in this episode, the emotion that was the uh, that final fight after mm-hmm. they fight mm-hmm. and their conversation that they have is so captivating. Like, mm. that is without a doubt my favorite moment. You said the fight. Mine's after the fight and that dialogue. Like, that dialogue is what I wanted this whole show. That's the reason why I wanted to see this show. And I got it there. And it was pretty good dialogue. I I'm think it lie. paid off in the ending there. Yes. I Well, I don't know if it built up to it in the right way, yeah. but that scene, what I wanted to see before the show It made it special. Aired. Yes. And that is... For me, that was what it was. Thank you, Ethan, also. Yeah, I appreciate it. And I agree with you. That is also my favorite scene of not only the entire or episode, but the entire series. Mm. It makes the series for me. And just the what this series did such an amazing job at is really helping you see that transformation from Hayden Christensen, Anakin Skywalker, to 
original trilogy, Darth Vader, they did such a fantastic job with just translating that. You see Vader, you see Anakin as Vader in each episode of the show. You're like, that is Hayden under that suit. Whether he was wearing the suit or not, just the mannerisms and the character you see, that's who it was. And it was really solidified when his mask was cut off. And they even give you that side angle where you get to see deeper oh. into his mask. And they do this awesome cinematography there where his face is blue for the start yes. of that oh scene my gosh, with yes. Obi-Wan's lightsaber. And he's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Anakin. For all of it. I am not your failure, Obi-Wan. Then you see the uh, blade transition to all red. And you see Vader is Vader now. And I think if we're going to justify that there was once good in you, I think that's really the scene where you could maybe see it, mm. where Obi-Wan is looking and in the Anakin. switching between Hayden and Get the Jones. voice, the that sound so design cool. We didn't even talk about that. was so the good. The, the sound design was too. fantastic. You have James Earl Jones morphed into Hayden Christensen, and Hayden Christian morphed into James Earl Jones. The, the work that it did is just fantastic for making you really see which was really everyone's disconnect with the prequel trilogy is that character is not Darth Vader, mm. but they did such a good job in this series with making it that. Yeah. I also liked how um, when Vader's helmet was facing away, you can only, like, Hayden was facing towards him with his eye, mm-hmm. but Vader was looking down towards the ground. Mm. I, I like that. Yeah. How it separated Vader from Anakin just for that moment. That was mm-hmm. cool. That was pretty epic. So let's do instead of instead of favorite scene because I think honestly this finale has our favorite scenes of the whole show. Let's do our favorite element of the whole show as a whole. What was the, what? Why did you tune ev- tune in every week? Like cool. what was your favorite part? I wasn't gonna say one scene either. So uh, <laughs> then let's do. I was gonna say all of the part, uh, like all of the the character development that we do get of Obi Wan, not just the uh, presumed character development where oh he must have trained or oh he must have gotten back with the force but the we get to see what he did on Tatooine before everything started in A New Hope we get to see um, his home before the hut we get to Mm. see him uh, talking to Qui-Gon although he doesn't know he's hearing Uh, I like that that finale where where we get to hear that Qui-Gon was there the whole time but he just wasn't appearing to him um, I liked all all the uh, oh, what was it when when he's talking to Leia oh the the every interaction on that one planet the that was my Mapuzo. now Mapuzo was yeah. that it yeah the one where they're on the the speeder transport yep. and all those stormtroopers go on I love that interaction between Leia and and Obi Wan there and he gets to talk about how he too was also taken from his family at a very young age and he had what a brother. And he had parents, but he doesn't remember them very well. He doesn't remember very much of them. It's like someone else has a brother and parents that they don't remember. Hmm. Mm. Talk about Ray. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I I think those are those are the moments that stuck with me in the show that make the whole show worth it to me. All right. If we didn't get a Vader Obi Wan fight, it still would have made the show worth it to me. Wow. <laughs> That's a hot take, man. Because even. Even episode, I think I said it in an earlier episode. I was like, if that's the only fight we get between Obi Wan and Vader, it was episode three. 
I would have been I would have been a bit upset, but I would have been fine. I would have said, "All right, I get it," because they have to have that time between episode or between the end of this show and episode four, where he has to become. A I master. think Vader needed to see that Obi Wan had grown to yeah. make the New Hope fight make sense. That's right. Because he's not like like oh, it's just this weak old man who is already weak. Was it ten years earlier? Mm-hmm. Nine years. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a bold take. I don't know if I <laughs> I would not say that. I know I, a lot I of Star Wars fans would have been happy, but I yeah. needed that duel and I got it. Micah, well, not crazy. Micah. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Parker, your favorite element of the show? The fact that it streamlined uh, Revenge of the Sith to a new hope, mm-hmm. like Micah was saying, and uh, like like last time I rewatched, uh, like I watched one through seven, like. When I watched New Hope, I was like, oh, there is a little bit of misalignment here. And this really streamlined that. Mm. I loved what they did with Leia. I loved what they did with Obi-Wan. I loved what they did with Darth Vader. Reva, I liked, though that doesn't really affect the whole main Star Wars story. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's good stuff. Ethan? Yeah, I mean, like, just what what, uh, Rebels did to Clone Wars is you have that duel with Ahsoka and Vader. You see Matt Lanter in there. You see his Anakin in there. And then just like this show did that, you see uh, Hayden's Anakin in Vader. And those parallels are just great. And I went at length on it about a minute ago on why. I just think that is so exceptional, what the work they did from just making Anakin Vader and also everything we got with not everything we got Kenobi but a good amount of the stuff we got with Kenobi I thought was great and I love just seeing him lose his relationship with the fourth force and then regain it in the show and also I love the little bit of growth and development we got with him and Uncle Owen and also hello there with little Luke yes yes I would have to say for me the best part of this whole show was Vader uh, everything, everything to do with Darth Vader was absolutely epic. Mm. Obi-Wan is why I came to the show, but everything to do with Darth Vader is absolutely epic. In episode 5, when he put brings the ship down, when he rips it apart, and absolutely do- he doesn't even take his lightsaber out to fight Reva because he just yeah, absolutely I disrespects really like her. Beautiful. And then in this episode, all of the emotion that we've all talked about uh, at length here is absolutely awesome. So for me, it was Vader, but... Overall, as a show, it kind of hurts. Fall short. Fall short. It really does. I would give this show, as of right now, I would give this show a six and a half, seven out of ten. Ooh. That would that's be that would be as much you, as I love these last two episodes. You can't as let, a show. Yeah, sorry. As you a can't show. let a few scenes of greatness, absolute greatness, elevate what was kind of a, a clunker and a. I hate when Ben uses this word, but like a mid, mid-tier show. Mm-hmm. And it really was that. It was, oh, let's bring Kenobi back and then do a story with him. It wasn't, we have this story, let's do the show. So it really did feel that way. But yeah, there are some fantastic moments in the show. But if we're in, in ranking time, I'd say, I'd say probably a 6.8 is where I'd put this right yeah. now. Personally, I think that they hit everything that they needed to hit. And then they also added things that didn't need to be added to fill in the time. Oh, if filler. This, yeah, filler. <laughs> if it were the movie and they cut Reva, this would be such an amazing And a movie. lot of the Leia stuff, Leia could yeah. have been gone way earlier. 
Now, yep. I I don't know how you guys are getting a six and a half. I think this is more like a seven and a half, eight show. And a lot of people would say it's nine, yeah. ten. Because I think it hits yeah. everything I'm, that it needs no. to hit. This is one of the best Star Wars shows. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm not going to yeah. argue with that. I'm yep. pumped that people are loving this and eating yeah. this up. It makes me happy. I just wish it, it, mm. I could view it that same way. Yep. Mm-hmm. What about you, Parker? Where do you put this? All right. So, as a just as a standalone show, I don't think it was that great. But I think it like if you watch a chronological Star Wars watch through, I think this will make that whole watch through just a little bit better, mm-hmm. which means it succeeded at its purpose in my eyes. So, as a just taking this as a show with no connections to anything else, probably a six. But as a Star Wars show, I'd say an eight. Mm. Okay, mm. all right, I that's agree. good. I so agree. Uh, over the five, me and Ethan a little bit more, a little bit more critical, six and a half, seven. Um, but I mean, it's it doesn't go without saying that this show definitely has its fans, and I'm glad there's a lot of people online who's like they're really positive about this, and I know that this is going to go out as an overly positive Star Wars experience. I really want to do that retrospective video uh, come one month, two months, so we can really dive into it because Star Wars gets better and worse with age. We've seen it with every product, so that is going to be really interesting. I know I criticized that one guy on YouTube for saying what's coming next onto the next thing, but the next thing we have for Star Wars is uh, what we know anyways, and or and that is in August 31st. So that's going to be next. But I wanted to say, I wanted to ask each one of you guys, of all the Star Wars shows that we're getting, Tales of the Jedi, Andor, Bad Batch Season 2, you know, Ahsoka, Mando Season 3. Lego Star of, Wars Summer Special. <laughs> even Lego Star Wars Summer Special. <laughs> you see which, that trailer? Yeah, absolutely. Weird Al. Acolyte. Which, the Acolyte, yes. Which series are you guys most excited about seeing going forward? Well, Micah. Survivor. <laughs> I am yes, most actually, excited yes. for Jedi Survivor. Star Wars Project. I cannot yeah. wait all right. for Jedi Survivor. Yeah. Fallen Order is one of my favorite video games of all time. And I'm just so excited to see what they do with that in between 3 and 4 canon. That is one of my favorite time periods of all of Star Wars. So it's just so cool to see how these characters... Because they're all characters that were affected by the prequels. My favorite uh, movie period. And then they're all in this period of time between the greatest movies of all time. So, I don't know. I'm I, with I, you, yeah. I'm with you. And Parker. Fallen Order set up well, such a great yeah, character with yeah. Cal Custis, So, it Cal Custis is definitely one of the best. If they make a show on him, I'm there for it. But, Parker, which one are you most excited for? Which Especially after just having finished Rebels, I'm really excited for the Ahsoka series. I, If they do it, I think they're going to do, and they're going to be looking for Ezra, I am very much ready for it. I am really excited. Yes, absolutely. Ethan? Parker stole my answer. Not Parker only, stole my answer. Not <laughs> only is it a continuation of Rebels, but it is an Ahsoka show. Come on now. Rosario Dawson, let's go. I, Yeah, continuation of Rebels, searching for Ezra Bridger and Grand Admiral Thrawn. Come on now. Yeah. The, I'm super pumped for that, and also Mando Season 3. Mando's a given. I forgot about that. It's been spectacular. So you guys are going to have to wait until February 3rd for the next thing that you guys are looking forward to? 
Not well, no, 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 no. Most, most, most okay, forward okay, to. Okay, okay. Andor still, I think, is going to be yeah. really good. You guys I still hype for Andor, still hype for Bad Batch and Season 2? Yeah, oh yeah, Bad absolutely. Batch I'm really excited for. Okay. Well, I would say also that we don't really have to worry either about the Ahsoka show. Like, Kenobi I was Filoni. cautiously optimistic for, but mm-hmm. Dave Filoni is not only writing, not only executive producing, but he's directing every episode and we know that this is a story that he's had on his mind since his days in the clone wars so it's yeah. a story that he's had that he wants to tell like this isn't let's make an ahsoka show let's make the story later he has a story i wouldn't be surprised i'm saying it here first all right i wouldn't be surprised if we go and deal with something that has to do with mortis in some way, shape, or form. You heard it here first. <laughs> I think Filoni is going to tie in Mortis in some way. That's the, whole ne- that's the whole reason she's alive. She died on Mortis, if you guys remember that. And the bird yeah. that she carries with her is an incarnation, supposedly, of the daughter. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if something happens with mm-hmm. Mortis. And if something happens with Mortis, I, oh my gosh, I, that's without a doubt the most anticipated project. Yeah. Plus, uh, let's make it a time travel show. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh, I mean, we also they, know. I mean, they yeah, threw this into the canon. It's like the world between worlds stuff, like on the Ahsoka logo. Yeah, so, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. They they throw this world between worlds thing into the canon. They haven't touched it since, and they're just waiting. I know. We're all waiting for Who it. Who better to touch this time travel story than Dave Filoni? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And like, uh, like uh, one of the main complaints with. Uh, Obi-Wan that I heard a lot of people saying was it didn't focus enough, focus enough on Obi-Wan the title character if the Soak show doesn't focus as much on Ahsoka and set it on like Hera Sabine Run, I will still thoroughly enjoy yep, it it I'm was the same that. complaint with Book of Boba Fett half the show was Mando yeah <laughs> yeah no but I'm fine with that because the, the Rebels characters we know and love and so I'm good with that and also let's not forget Hayden Christensen's Darth Vader is also coming back for that show as well. So oh, he is, I didn't hear that. Yes, that's confirmed. He's filming now. So nice. And Cal Kestis, mm, he's gonna be that. in one of these shows. <laughs> I don't know about that, but that is without. Yeah, a doubt. he was confirmed yesterday to be in some one of these rumored shows. projects Rumor. somewhere. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, he's confirmed in something. It. Yeah, he's gonna be in Survivor. <laughs> 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 but anyway, we've gone quite a bit of time. Um, Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> See, that's how long we're going. Water. That, that's what I'm saying. That's, I ran out of water like half an hour ago. Yep. We've been going for quite a while, and I think that wraps it up. I think we thoroughly have discussed Kenobi Episode 6. Mm. As we get Mike, how's water. Your water? <laughs> yeah, right. I know. That's some nice ice so water. Dry. <laughs> Guys, that no doesn't... in here, by the way. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that, definitely that's something going. Maybe. We'll have to see. All right, but, let's wrap it up. Yeah, <laughs> let's wrap it up, guys. This has been Kenobi. This, it's been fun on these doing these after shows. Um, it's also been uh, very excruciatingly painful at times because certain episodes. I mean, you know, you can go listen to all of them, but they're here now and they're a part of history. So we will have to uh, negotiate with that as Obi Wan does. Uh, so uh, next, our next project that we have is uh, actually with our Marvel movie marathon, and that is. Uh, that is Electra. Electra! Got that coming in tomorrow. <laughs> so uh, that is going to be interesting. We'll have to negotiate schedules with that, but uh, look forward to that next Monday. This is going to be up as soon as I get home. I'm going to edit this and 
uh, you guys can uh, enjoy this episode. But uh, otherwise, um, this has been great. We thank all our guests, Nick Widener, Noah Badal, for coming on for three of those episodes. That was Shout out to Mason awesome. also. Yes, he was going to be on this one, and uh, he couldn't make it because of work. Uh, I'm going to have you on eventually, Mason. I need you to talk Star Wars. So yeah, Shout out to Parker, too. <laughs> no, no, yeah, I was going to say. I guess. I was going to say. I was also going to say. He's almost a regular Parker at this point. For being on this show. We appreciate it very Thanks much. Your insight. And you've said stuff that even I didn't pick up, which is really your insight is very much appreciated. So thank we thank you for coming on. And uh, otherwise, this has been this has been Kenobi. I am your host, Ben Rayside. I'm Ethan. I'm Micah. I'm Parker. And we all hope you have an absolutely fantastic day, and may the Force be with you.